March 11th. We are, what, Thursday going into Friday, depending on when you're listening to this. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of That's What G Said Podcast. It is another big weekend of racing where we have a Kentucky Derby prep. So we're going to head to Oaklawn Park with Emily Gullickson to talk about the Rebel and then the four other stakes races there. We'll get into Saturday Oaklawn with Emily. Don't worry, we'll have some Friday racing for you too. We'll get through the Friday full card at Sam Houston. Jessica Paquette is going to join me to talk about the late pick five. So we'll start with Friday. We'll go. I'll go through the early, uh, the early five races. Jessica joins me for the late five at Sam Houston. Um, we'll go on Saturday over to Oaklawn. There are also two stakes races at Santa Anita. I'll hit on those. Swiss Skydiver is going to be making her first start in 2021. We'll get to Sam Houston full card for Saturday. And then we close things out wrestling with Chad Cooper. We talk about AEW, not the greatest pay-per-view over the weekend. There were some issues on Dynamite Wednesday, but then it it ended well. Uh, and, And we'll go through Monday Night Raw, SmackDown, NXT, Everything going on in the world of wrestling in like an hour-long segment where we, we talk about everything. Positives, negatives for all of the major companies and the major TV shows. But before we get into all the sports, we have to talk about uh, the date of today. March the 11th is actually the uh, the year date from when Rudy Gobert um, got the coronavirus, uh, got COVID, and the Utah Jazz game with, uh, I think, Oklahoma City Thunder was was stopped. And, and that was really the day it felt like everything stopped it's it's been a year now and so I, at the very least i wanted to make uh make sure we we just said a moment to you know hope that everyone out there is doing okay is, is safe and um you know want to send respects to anyone out there uh who have lost loved ones i have lost a lot of people over the last year that i knew uh from from covid i, I there, there aren't a lot of people who I, I have heard that had as many people affected by it. It was uh, a very unlucky for um, a lot of families out there who who lost people, um, lost a lot of friends, and people who are still affected by the virus moving forward. But everything I see uh, about the vaccine so far seems to be very good, seems to be very positive. A lot of people are getting them. It seems like um, the numbers are all moving forward in a positive way, and it's it's just surreal to think about what things were like a year ago and what what we were thinking about and how you know how long is this going to go on um what what we know and and what we don't know still uh, a year later so just hope everyone out there is, is is safe is doing well and just a big thank you to everyone for always tuning in to that's what G said and in a year that has been very tumultuous for many um hopefully we could at some point entertain you inform you and uh Kind of help you get through what was a very tough year because all of you helped me with this. With this, uh, for me, um, you know, when when some many people didn't get to go into work or they were furloughed or lost their jobs, my girlfriend um, had to start and stop working multiple times because she works in a hotel and there were nobody in hotels. I continue to work through because my job is from home. I do these shows and um, all of you out there sort of gave me something to continue to keep doing with you listening and you interacting with me and uh, really appreciate everyone for tuning in. And it's been a struggle of a year, but uh, hopefully all together we can just continue to move forward because it does feel like things are, are absolutely moving up and I'm really excited about the next couple of weeks in the world of sports because I love March Madness, those first two days are my favorite. And the schedule is a little bit different this year for March Madness. So if you're someone who, you know, is is used to the March Madness schedule, just keep in mind that the 
normally this this weekend is the the conference tournaments. They're going to select the brackets on Sunday. Normally what would happen it would be Tuesday and Wednesday would be the games for the play-in for the teams to to see if they actually can make it into the field of 64. That's not going to be the case this year. Those games are all going to be played on Thursday. I think there's going to be four of them. And then Friday is going to be the first day where there are 16 games all throughout the day. So it'll be instead of the first actual four days of the tournament where all the games are played, those used to be Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then by Sunday, we would have the entire uh, Sweet 16 set. Well, it'll actually be Monday this year. So that's going to be the difference. So the, the... Friday, Saturday will be those first two game, two days of all day games. Then Saturday, and then uh, Sunday and Monday will be the uh, after Monday we'll know the Sweet Sixteen. So um, just a little different. Keep in mind if you're you know planning stuff for for next week, we will have a ton of coverage of March Madness, the NCAA bracket from I think three or four different guests. Caleb Keller is going to join me. Chad Cooper is going to give some thoughts on his bracket. I know Eric's going to give some thoughts on his bracket. We'll probably get some from uh, Andrew and Darren as they build theirs too. So we'll give you a bunch of information from a bunch of different people who all handicap in different ways. And uh, we'll, we'll do our best to, to help you pick some winners and, and uh, catch a couple upsets and just have fun, man. Those are, those are a couple of really, really exciting days. So uh, March Madness coming up next week but the madness over at stable duel continues this week and this weekend in particular on friday over at Gulfstream park there are what three different options for contest at Gulfstream. you can play in a ten dollar contest in a thirty dollar top 10 or in a five hundred dollar triple up contest you can play at tampa bay downs for $7 in a contest, you can play at Sam Houston in a free ride. There are two different options at Santa Anita for 25 and for 100 And then at Golden Gate, there's a contest for 5 There's a Penn National contest for a buck on Friday. So all of those options for you at Stable Duel with those daily horse racing contests. Then on Saturday, you've got Gulfstream Park. You can play for a dollar in a $35 contest in a $1,000 triple up. You can play at Santa Anita. They've got a $10 contest, a $75 contest that has a $12,000 prize pool. And there's also a $500 double up. There's a Laurel Park game for 20 bucks. There's a Tampa Bay game for five. There's a Golden Gate game. It's a free ride. And then on Sunday, you've got Gulfstream, two options, Tampa for five. So, or three options at Gulfstream, 25, uh, 10, 25, and 250. Tampa, you can play for five. Laurel, you can play for five. Santa Anita, you can play for 40 or 100. And then there's a dollar game on Sunday at Golden Gate. All weekend long, stable duel all over the place. We are going to head over to Sam Houston and talk a little bit about the Friday Sam Houston card. So I'm going to go through races one through five, get those past performances out. Following this, Jessica Paquette will join me for the late pick five. We're going to go through races six through ten. So get the past performances out for Friday, March the 12th. Let's go to race number one. It's going to be a Texas bred maiden $25,000 claimer. Phillies and mares, three, four, and five-year-olds. Six furlongs the distance. This is a, a race where I would maybe start a pick three or play a horse to win, and that would be the three magical ice. The four clipper clove, sure. Could, could she win? Yeah. The two Mississippi bling, sure. Could she win? Absolutely. They're both uh, dropping. They face better. Um, Mississippi bling faced Texas bred maiden specials is now in for maiden claiming. Clipper Cove faced open maiden claiming, now in against Texas bred maiden claiming. 
I'll take Magical Ice, though. She actually has a couple races that are, are pretty good, and that are good enough, I think, to be competitive in here. The June and August race, the June 27th and the August 9th races at Lone Star. Legitimate trouble in both of those, and she actually ran really well. So she didn't race from August to January 23rd. She came back on January the 23rd, and she had some legitimate uh, speed that day going longer, and then she faded. She was speed going longer, and she faded. Now she cuts back to six furlongs. We know she could pass. I think her speed will be sharpened up a little bit from showing a little speed last time out. She can track nicely. Second off, cuts back, passes horses, magical ice. Give me the three. If she's anything around... uh, 7-2, I'll make a win wager on Magical Ice in the opener. Maybe I'll start a a small pick 3 where I single the the 3 Magical Ice and then uh, use a couple others in races 2 and 3 because the second race starts the pick 4. So we'll move there and we take a look at the number 4. Blinkers on, Moro Trump, who debuted on August the 21st at Evangeline against Maiden Special Weights for Broberg and just showed nothing that day. But was behind a horse named Excess Magic, who was actually second in the Texas Turf Mile and is a really, really nice horse. The So the blinkers on for a Colt whose dam won the second start, was 2 for 10 overall, but both wins did come on the dirt. So plenty of dirt there. Five siblings to race. Only uh, One of them only raced one time, and one of them was one for five. The other three are multiple winners. There's a sneaky little pedigree for a Texas-bred maiden claimer here for the number four who I think you have to use in all exotics I will use the two Sassagrass who's a major player off the debut race blinkers on and then last time out I think was just in in a little bit too tough because that silenced Dioro race and silenced Dioro ran really well dropping in from an open maiden special weight the number five Carrie Stone tried stretching out now cuts back drops and adds the blinkers so uh, I think Carrie Stone is uh, probably a must-use in your exotics here. I'm going to play against the three, the first-time starter for Stidham, whose dam was unraced, and this is the first full. He could absolutely win here, but I'll go elsewhere and, and use a couple others, including the number seven, a few dollars more. This barn is actually 22 for 119 with horses making their second career start, and this guy got some action. Echoberry jumps aboard for Bravo, who's having a very nice meet. Four, two, five, seven, trying to beat the number three, Conga Boy, in race number two. Let's move along to the third. I'm going to go to the number two, Selfish Woman. Uh, the three true friend, to me, is the one to beat. Gets off the rail. Six furlongs is a better distance for her than five. And she drops in class. She's going to be really tough. The two, Selfish Woman. She's the one to catch in here. She's going to go third start off the bench. If you toss her debut and you toss the stakes race, you toss the race against 15 non-twos. Because those races, to me, are just they're a little too tough. You, you toss the races where she feels like she was overmatched. She didn't run poorly last time out against the five non-twos. It's a little bit better than it looks, and she's not one that's going to really want to pass horses. I think if she ends up on the lead in here, she could be she could be tough. She could get brave. Let's use the two selfish woman everywhere. The three true friend we will use everywhere. Those two in all exotics. I have Airwalker pegged right behind them who will come running. I just don't love the rail draw as much for Airwalker trying to work out a trip with a jockey who's been pretty cold at the meet. And then the number five, a little bit techie. Hasn't raced since the Canterbury win for Diodoro, but would be no shock if she showed up here ready with a good effort. Um... She showed that, you know, multiple dimensions too. She can come from off the pace and pass. She has shown a little bit of speed, but it does seem like she's better when she's taken back and made uh, one late run. I have two, three 
with one five there in race number three. As we move along to the fourth race at Sam Houston, optional 10, five and a half furlongs, the distance in here. I'm looking at the four and the five. I think the five Larch should get a, a great, great setup in here. So Larch actually scratched out of a race on Thursday to run in this race on Friday. And I think that's a, a positive sign because on paper, you got Coco Tiger, who's got some speed from the inside. You got Royal Privacy, who's also got some speed from the inside. You got Get a Load of This, who's going to be showing some speed from the uh, you know middle of the pack. So I think they're going to be going quick enough to set it up for a horse from off the pace like Larch. Coco Tiger was also cross-entered and, and was possibly going to run uh, but scratched out of that spot So she will be in She will be flashing some of that speed from the inside um, With the 1, with the 3 With the 4 all likely to go I think it sets up nicely for Larch Of the speed horses I would probably prefer Get a load of this Just based on where he's drawn He's drawn to the outside of Royal Privacy And of Coco Tiger So I think he might be able to just get more of a tracking trip By accident Just by by his post And by being able to sit outside of them So I have 5, 4 Then the 3 would be you know the next one If you did want to use But I'm okay with trying to beat Royal Privacy in here Who uh, tries to to stretch that to five from five to five and a half coming over from uh from Delta horse who loves to win races a 17 time winner but we'll have other pace in here to deal with the six Grand Royal will try to fall into a nice spot from the outside so uh, just a, a small field of six but um I think it's going to be a pretty contentious group I like five four here the best in race number four at Sam Houston we move to the fifth race made in special weights. Phillies, three-year-old, six furlongs, the distance. I'm going to go with the number five, Prospera, who's going to cut back. And I thought off of his career, her career debut, she was she just missed behind Hooked on a Kiss. I thought that was a really strong race, but she came back and she was tracking nicely and just didn't, didn't fire. Just nothing. That was going seven furlongs. Now she's going to cut back to six furlongs here. I just expect a much better effort from Prospera, who I do think has some ability. The number eight, Payo Princess who comes in from Delta for Amos, who has run well in both uh, starts over at Delta. Leslie jumps aboard. I think uh, this one's a very logical contender. I'll use five and eight everywhere. And then on your deeper tickets, if you want to go or underneath horses, I got the one flew by you who you can just toss the turf race. The the number three, happy success, obviously logical. A three-year-old filly comes in from Churchill. She faced better and she's going to get Lasix for the first time. You got the four, Van Haven, who's a first-time starter who literally wouldn't shock you. Sheer Devil showed speed in both and now continues to cut back. She gets the lead, cutting back again to from now from a mile to seven and then from seven to six. She could be really, really tough. So... Mm-hmm. Five and eight for me because if I'm after five and eight, they all start to look sort of similar. I'll use those two uh, in the top spots in race number five. And now we are going to head on over and talk with Jessica Paquette about the late pick five. We'll go races six, seven, eight, nine, and ten. Some thoughts on each. Kick back and enjoy as Jessica Paquette joins to talk about the Sam Houston Friday late pick five. Gosh, it's so crazy to think we only have a couple weeks left now at Sam Houston. Uh, very lucky to have joining us again here back on That's What G Said. You see her uh, all over social media covering stuff for Sam Houston and uh, just a, a really great horse racing amb- ambassador. You probably see her posting about her long runs and uh, the bad horse. Jessica Paquette, <laughs> how you doing, Jess? Hey, Gino. Thanks for having me. Well, uh, I mean, 
you've been doing such a great job over uh, covering this stuff for Sam Houston. We see you a lot of times on the social media with pick four, pick five tickets, horses that, that you like to play, and you end up posting um, some threads a lot of times throughout the earlier on in the day before the cards. And uh, last couple days, you and I are recording this on Thursday. We're going to talk about the Friday late pick five, but uh, Wednesday you had a couple uh, nice winners. I, I thought I saw at least a couple double-digit ones on there. There were a couple. So I'm a big believer for a handicapper. I think we should show our work. Um, I'm not one of those handicappers that ever just throws out numbers and says, here, these are my numbers, bet my numbers. Why, why, right? I mean, no offense to the folks that do that. Like, I'm sure you do a great job and work real hard and all that stuff. But I I think people look for a public handicapper because they want to know why or they want to learn something. I sure hope so, because I put out four-hour shows and stuff. So if not, I mean, I'm just doing something (laughs) wrong. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, maybe no one reads my tweets. It's all That's also fine. Um, Granted, my logic behind one of those double-digit horses last night was it has the same breeder. The horse had the same breeder as the bad horse. And that's they're like a tiny outfit in Florida. So I was like, this is so interesting. Yeah. But whatever the, du- the dunce you- cap, right? You're like, if this horse wins, I, I'm going to be so upset that I did not have this. And I'm like, look a little more into it. So uh, sometimes it's yeah. just something as small as that that piques the interest. That's all it takes. So let's uh, let's get into Friday. We're going to talk about Sam Houston's late pick five on Friday. And uh, remember, folks, you can at Sam Houston play all of the rolling exotics, daily doubles, pick threes, pick fours, pick fives, and the pick six for 12% Takeout. There are no other tracks like that um, at all in North America. Some of the tracks that have you know lower takeout uh, wagers are usually one pick five, one pick four, something specialized. Not every single wager when you're rolling through like that. Um, so always cool at Sam Houston, and we'll start in race number six with I thought a really really good. Turf race like a, a really solid Like allowance kind of turf race Here I mean you've got a couple sharp Horse from the inside you got prospector fever who Has recently only lost to sunlit Sun and touch revenge governale Is on the upswing metro pool Looked really good winning the last two and has Done it in completely different ways You got yeah, astounding sharp style. Yeah like and then the entry Who seems like they're going to complement each other Well for Lucarelli one's going to try to set The pace and like set it up a little bit for for Southern Thunder I thought this looked like the kind of race that that like the morning line says there's probably going to be action on a bunch of different horses. Yeah, I completely agree. And this is one of those races. I think if you're playing a multi-race wager, save your money somewhere else and go pretty deep here. I think you can make a really legitimate case for quite a few of these horses. Uh, another point I just have to make here, how live has Carl Broberg been? I know he's always live, but I feel like he's really heating up yes. right now. The, the first I think, couple of weeks he was struggling, not like, for his standards, you know, I, like he yeah, was I, 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 I think all, all systems are go for kind of a big second half or, or latter half of the meet. Absolutely. He, he's rolling along right now. Um, so I'll probably start. I mean, astounding. I'm going to use in, in a lot of my pick fives. And, and you know, you're mentioning Carl Broberg, who yeah, when, you yes, just, when you just look at astounding and he was behind Fred's twirl and candy, who sort of just sat a perfect trip and astounding's race was a little better than it looks. He did like move into contention and then just flatten out a little bit late. And that was going a mile and an eighth. Now you're going to get a turn back. That was his first start in a few months. So, um, you know, that was also his first start for Broberg. There's plenty of reasons to think that he can show some improvement in here. 
I completely agree. And Governale, as you said, like he's he was just much the best last time out. I like how lightly raced he is. This is a horse who, whose career does seem to be on the upswing that we have not seen the best of this horse yet. And Tizona, who he beat, just came back to win on Wednesday, pretty impressively too. Finally, that uh, horse got his act together on the right? turf. Like, yeah. All season, I've been waiting, waiting for him to for have that big win. Together. Yeah. And uh, when you just look at Governale, like what he's done overall, like Spanish Kingdom just ended up winning a, a fairgrounds allowance against optional 40s the other day. So like, he's faced pretty solid, pretty tough company. Um, yeah, this this is just a fun race. I mean, the seven competitive idea is going to try the grass for the first time, but he's got massive speed. Like he's going to be at the very least a major pace factor. Even Bubba Bling, he, he's only raced twice on the grass, but he beat open 30 non threes two starts back. Um, how about Easter Snap? Who I, I he needs to go back to some of his races, but he's got a race on the bottom of the page where he outfinished Prospector Fever. <laughs> Even and, you know? and, and, and looking at the entry Like Gold Crusher I think looks really interesting Going back to the turf That one turf race he had was really good And, and if for some reason Gold Crusher Ends up getting caught up in the battle with Competitive Idea that will only Flatter the, the running style Of his stablemate Southern Thunder who's gonna sit back And make one late run and we can't really Knock his overall turf form It's just the last couple times he's, he's been on the grass Haven't been that great but you know Who knows really where some of those races stack up New scenery here I thought this was a fun race in, to start the late pick five. Like we we've literally mentioned, uh, you know, every every horse in the field, noble Egyptian, who we haven't mentioned. Oh yeah, it's the yeah, that's the one that wins. There you go. Right? It, and it's the connections of Diodoro and Luzzi, you know, who's a, and this is a five time winner on the turf who just comes in from fairgrounds and was obviously facing, you know, maybe uh, who knows? Like Space Mountain is actually a solid like claiming type horse now and used to be an allowance type. So this is just a great. Pick five kind of a race because you don't feel confident unless you're using uh, many in here. Um, let's turn the page to race number yeah. seven. One more point to make no, no, ahead, please, on these please. turf races, though. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention this. And and I mean, a lot can change between today. You know, we are today's Thursday. Uh, all my days bleed together. But, uh, you know, maybe tonight's card shakes out a little differently. But boy, is speed holding. Um, sure. Last night was really, really favorable on the main track as well. But speed's really holding on the turf course. And that profile shifted on the main track because early in the meet, you really didn't want to be on the lead. And Oh, merry-go-round last yeah, night. You know? And and now you want to only be on the lead, really. And then and the, on the turf, it was sort of like fairish, but now it's real speedy too. So yeah. uh, any any pace that you've got or horses that can be a little more forwardly placed, you probably want to upgrade them a little bit right now. The way things have been going. Yeah, I mean, pay attention to how tonight's card shakes out. But I I think that trend's going to continue. There's no reason to see why it won't. So in the seventh, we go to the start of the late pick four. We've got Texas bred uh, maidens, three year old, six furlongs the distance, and we actually have six of the eight that all come out of that February twenty fifth race. And uh, you know they were all behind a horse named Silence Dioro, who was dropping in from an open maiden special weight race where he ran behind Senor Buscador in in much tougher. So he he really dusted a lot of that field. Um, it, it just makes this race sort of difficult because like nobody ran very well in that race. To be <laughs> honest, they were all beaten double digit lengths, and then the two horses that weren't in that race are the big one or the number five big one who we have not seen since September. He's dropping in. He actually makes some sense in here. You could totally make a case for him, but it's just him and the seven witch taquito who. 
um, is now also back in with Texas Reds, but they haven't done a, a whole ton. Uh, so this is a yeah, this is a fun race too for uh, many different reasons than the sixth was a fun race. So I'm actually using this race as a single for my multi race wagers. Cool, where um, are you standing? And maybe I'm a sucker, but Bonham has kind of dragged me in for three starts so far this season and I'm nothing if not loyal. So maybe this will be the time he doesn't disappoint me. I really liked his first two races. And um, he's better than everybody. He's be- he feels like he's better than the horses that come out of the race he was in. I think I can make an upside case for like one or two of them, but I can't I can't play this race and not use Bonham in the multi-race uh, exotics. I like that the blinkers are coming back off. I think the experiment made sense last time out, but it obviously took him off what is his most tactical game. And I think he rebounds here and kind of returns to that, the at least consistent form he showed in those first two starts. I like, and sometimes, you know, the rail can be a detriment depending on your running style. Sometimes it can be like a blessing in disguise. And I think for a horse like Bonham in this case, it might, because I think they may just try to get a lot more involved early on here um and, and you know than they were last time out when they just took back so from the rail you're forced a little bit just because the blinkers come off doesn't necessarily always mean you're gonna see a horse be taken back i think it just means sometimes they didn't really enjoy no, the i blinkers. think you actually had a little more tactical speed with without them yeah them sometimes yeah. they're like it's like an anxiety thing when they put them on right like they don't know what to do they're kind of in between they're just sort of not themselves um I, oh, I, I yeah. like I mean horses yeah. do all sorts of strange things. They with, with they, the equipment, you know? Yeah. So I, this isn't a chalk that I would try to beat. If you do want to look for a couple other horses to use with Bonham, um big one is interesting, you know, it's his first time in with Texas Breds. He's one of just those one of the two that just didn't come out of that race and his debut race at Lone Star was actually Okay, and he was behind a horse named Dustum Who came back and, um, and won out of there And it was against Open Maiden 25s, this is Texas Bred Maiden 25s And what I like is that He ran well fresh, so I don't think or In his debut, so I don't think he should have a problem Running well fresh here So if you're looking for some others, I, I think he's got a little upside And the three um, I do think the three is sort of interesting Just from a, I hope they send him uh, Standpoint So he broke on top, but he just could not go on With Silence Dioro and then his running line looks a little deceiving. He because he, he sort of just backed up. He couldn't. He could not compete with that one early on, who was the big class dropper. Now he's a first time gelding. Gutierrez so actually keeps the faith. Yeah, that the ultimate equipment change. You know, <laughs> and uh, Gutierrez keeps the faith, and he jumped aboard on the first time. Which you know, when you get one of the leading riders who is going to keep the faith here and going to be on a horse who I think has some speed in a race that. Is not that strong at all um, I'll use the one everywhere And then try to hook him up with the three and the five I think in, in the seventh Well you've talked me out of the three for sure And yeah seventh, seventh race Square De Niro with a little bit of upside there And uh, maybe some speed early on Can get brave as we move along To race number eight We've got Maiden 25,000s here They're going to go a mile on the turf course And just as far as the the morning line is concerned It looks like there will be three That take the bulk of the action uh, The five, remember me, Tony uh, The number seven, Cinterosa Ranch Who has more speed And then the eight, the perfect Samurai Who is dropping in from the Open Maiden specials And, uh, and stretching back out So of those three, are they horses you like? You don't? How are you approaching this eighth? I like two of them. Um, I like Cinderella Ranch. That uh, Cinderella Ranch. The speed just looks really tough on this turf course. And I think of all of the riders right now, Lane Leslie is riding so yeah. smart. On this so turf good. course, you've just seen a couple of these races where no one went to the lead, and Lane is not even on a front runner, and he just goes, "Okay, I guess sure. I'll go." Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, I think the so, go big green, go green, go. That was yeah, the one that, I keep thinking of. That it's just that, like 
sure. You don't want to take it? I'll just go. Fine. No problem. Well, see you in the winner circle, guys. Um, yeah. So I think Cinderosa Ranch really plays to the strengths here. But I like the Perfect Samurai a, a little bit. I think this horse has some upside kind of stretching out. Uh, the pedigree really says that this horse should want to go long. This horse really, really hasn't excelled at anything at this point. I mean, he's done okay. He has not set the world on fire just yet. Th- those are the three to me. Um and I, you know, maybe I can make a little bit of a, a case for graphite with, you know, trying the grass for the first time. I, I do actually look more and more, and, and normally I'm I'm not into a playing a horse like Remember Me Tony, who, you know, you look and you're like, okay, oh for two, oh for ten, couple seconds, couple thirds, like oh for four on the grass. But I, I dug into the grass races a little bit more here. So Remember Me Tony, what I like too, he has never been favored. He's never he's not a beaten favorite. He's not really been in spots where he was supposed to have won and didn't. And you look at his more recent races He was behind Temple of Soul And Copper King Well those were the two horses that actually dusted Cinterosa Ranch most recently also So if you're just kind of playing that common rival game Remember me Tony I think does Really fit well in here Cinterosa Ranch with that speed is going to just It's the, the speed and Luzzy With the race under the uh, the belt and, uh, and, and off the bench you know is going to make him Really really tough in here so I'm sort of chalky to eating weasel Because I couldn't get to any bombs Outside of them um, But I, Say, I, I'll I, make up for it in the next race But this one this one I might just hit you know Take the favorites and take yeah. my lumps Yeah I think so too I think this looks like a pretty logical Like pretty formful race here As we move to race number nine Start of the late daily double $7,500 non twos You said you're going to make up for it with a bomb uh, In this one I'm going to try to. So uh, non-winners of two lifetimes is probably one of my favorite conditions, especially the cheap ones. Can you tell I was yeah. at Suffolk Downs for a long time? <laughs> <laughs> but I have some really strict handicapping rules when I'm handicapping these non-winners of two, like bottom level lifetimes. Some horses can break their maiden. They cannot win that second race. Oh. Like I'll give them the maiden. You can luck into like a really bad maiden field and get, and get that first win. But those horses will never win again. And so when I'm handicapping these non-winners of two lifetime, I really try to stick with the rule of the less starts, the better. Because yeah, um, yeah. I think horses really get stuck at, the, at this condition. So that said, uh, number one, Spike Cider, I think is really interesting. Uh, I mean, cutting back here, uh, that first race around two turns, you know, obviously this horse won nothing to do with going long. Kind of getting a little bit of class relief. That six furlong maiden win was not that bad. Some no. tactical speed. The blinkers come off again. I mean, there's a real case to be made here that it, this horse can revert back to the maiden breaking form, especially the way the track's been playing. He and he from the rail again with Rye. I, I think the plan has to be let's send him. Go. That if Just he go. goes back to the the early fractions. Of the maiden breaking race Even his last start, I mean he showed speed But he was just going longer If he goes back to that race He absolutely can get the lead And and in a race like this Where we have a bunch of horses who don't like to win That is I mean, enough. you mean You mean the two? Do you mean the, yeah. you mean the two? Because that's two. what I mean here One for 63 Poor Valid Silver Charm, right? He breaks uh, every handicapping rule I have. I mean, yeah. bless, good, good for him. Keep on, keep it on. But maybe, maybe sixty four is the is, is the charm. Yeah, the, the one I think I will. And if you're playing pick fours, pick fives, I think you have to use the horse Jessica mentioned, Spike Cider. I had him. I had him pick second in here from the speed from the inside. I'm completely in agreement with you in these races. Like, if I get beat by short price horses, like the three could win this race too. And if you like him and you want to use him, sure. His last two dirt races, you know, make him the one to beat. One of them was right here against ten non twos. So, um, he, he's like sure he's not necessarily one for sixty three, one for thirteen. 
is a little bit different there and, and only one for 10 on the grass so, or one for 10 on the main so not necessarily like been beaten repeatedly but i like towards the, even towards the outside three-eyed raven i've chased a couple times but this this feels like a pretty good spot for him with his running style to not be too far out of it drawn outside mr hands-on is good because that's my other choice yeah, here because caldwell isn't great with first-time starters either or or even with horses like in their first couple starts so if they show some ability in those first few starts you know they're likely going to continue to improve and again two starts that i mean yep. checks my box here like this yeah. is you know you haven't you haven't had a chance to disappoint me at this condition yet and yeah just being beat over and over and over and then you know like we say horses are they're creatures they start to it starts to get a mental thing they start to realize and think oh i'm just kind of just able to just lope along and, and run second or third year that's what i'm supposed to do and then others will want to kind of dig in and win uh when, when they realize that's what they're supposed to do yeah, Fun some just don't want to win. That's what really separates. I mean, even the best athlete, if they don't want to win, they're not going to really make that progress. I mean, in in here, the one Spike Cider, the eight, I'll use all over. The six, Mister Hands On, I'll use all over. And then uh, you know, you start looking at the other horses. What do you want to do with the three? I'm totally okay with playing against him. Uh, the four, C B Scondo would would sort of be the opposite way. You got got the light bulb angle for a horse. Maybe he can figure out and put one together. I, I would maybe use him underneath, but. I'm more like eight one six as my must use horses in here. Jessica seems to be very uh, high on the the one spike cider and the six lightly raced with some upside. Mister hands on. Let's move along to the tenth and final. We've got five thousand non winners of two six furlongs the distance. This is uh, March the twelfth. We're talking about Friday night over at Sam Houston. So Jessica and I are both going to be alive in the pick five heading into this last race at Sam Houston. Who are some of the horses that you'll need to co- to try to close this thing out? Um, Barnacle Boy is kind of my top selection here. Yeah, he. Uh, again, I'm okay with singling him too, I, if you want to. If you're playing like a small ticket and you want to get to try to like get to him, I, he's a great. He's in a great spot. I wouldn't try to talk you off of that. And again, the same points I just made about that last race. These cheap non-winners of two lifetime races. You really want to look for horses that have not gotten stuck here. And he's doing something different. Um, that's another thing I always like to look for. A horse doing something for the first time. This is his first time, at, you know, kind of this far down the ladder. Switching back to the main track. So he has a lot of upside to really return to what had been mostly really solid form. If And if, like, if Bargeman or if they don't, like, gun... I'm just a bachelor. I just don't think any of them are even even naturally as quick as Barnacle Boy. Like he could have a length or two on this field early on. He's dropping in class, um, you know, like you said, to the low level that he's been. He's beaten a couple of his major common, you know, opponents in here. And I just, yeah, I, I don't know who goes with him. You know, he's capable of going. He just showed he could go sub twenty two. He's fast when he could get the lead on the turf at five. Against 25 non-twos And now he's in against 5 non-twos Like So that type of speed is going to be so much better served In this spot I will no doubt play a ticket where I single him Because I just, nobody else really excites me Like the 9 sure would make wouldn't shock me. I mean, the five. Yeah, that's kind of my other my other selection here. But he's one I feel like I've gotten myself suckered onto a couple of times this season. And he, yeah, I, I like fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Fool me four or five times. That's yeah. You know? You, you know, you get in some of these races where they're not that strong And he's going to win at this level, you know, probably And he'll fall into a, a good trip from the outside Goncalves is not even just picking up wins Like, just really, really rolling through the meat And Lazi aboard, um, the, the Padilla horse, um, Ederbay Uckley Again, a horse who, like, wouldn't shock me if he ran a lot better than he did last time out um, I'm just a bachelor again, like But I don't get really excited about any of them as much I, I think... 
I, I'd really like to try to play a ticket where I get single Barnacle Boy gives us a lot of coverage because, like we said, we're probably going to need it in that sixth race right off the bat in the pick five, anyways. And um, you know, there's a, a, the other race where there's probably like three logicals that you maybe want to use in there. So um, yeah, now we you can, just don't want to get beat by more than anything. Yeah. Now we can spread around a little bit and and try to get to Barnacle Boy if that's the case because I think he's going to be able to uh, to really use that speed and and hopefully play to that the way that track profile has been uh, as, as we had said recently. I mean I think we have it covered. Tons of winners all day. Jessica Paquette helping us out here again. It's it's crazy. We only have a couple weeks left now there over at Sam Houston. So I'll try to uh I'll try to uh, uh bait you back in one more time uh in the in the closing days of the meet to go over one of the last few sequences. Always uh, enjoy the interactions here with you and you've done just a really great job pushing in and pumping Sam Houston. Done a great Likewise. job handi- handicapping it yeah. and uh it's it's been a lot of fun. Like I you and I had I think briefly interacted maybe but not not very much and uh, I feel like I got a bud now after talking with you a few times so uh, thank you so much for helping me out again and let everybody know where can we follow you you can follow me on j at jm paquette on twitter Jessica Paquette you're gonna see a lot of her uh, This weekend talking Sam Houston she'll be Going through a lot of these races that we discussed Saturday stuff too and then uh, next Week uh, is the, another big weekend we've got A Texas Champions Day coming up on Saturday So I know you're you're big into those Days and I love when we get to see Those state breads get a chance to really really shine And run for big money I love A good state bread so I I, I Preach on this high horse a lot a lot that a good State bread program is the foundation of any Of any racetrack really and Texas does a great job there's a lot of exciting Things happening there it'll be the culmination Of uh, some nice prep races where we've Seen a lot of familiar faces and they'll be running for Even bigger bigger money and we'll Be playing for some big money the, uh, Next Saturday also but we're gonna be playing For some big money on Friday night in this pick five With Jessica thanks so much Jessica Have a great Thank next few you. days You too Jessica Paquette, make sure to give her a follow on social media Don't go anywhere folks, we'll do a little uh, recap of the uh, the Friday card just following this Horse racing fans, many of us have been using the DRF, the daily racing form for years Studying the races, keeping up to date on news with all the articles I remember looking for a copy at the local liquor store or picking one up at the local racetrack Wherever I was going, now it's even easier and cheaper than ever to use DRF with DRF.com and the newly optimized DRF mobile. You can get all the tracks that you want to bet and handicap. Past performances that are mobile optimized for on-the-go handicapping on your phone. So you go to DRF.com from your mobile device, no additional cost. Tap the calendar icon on the top left. It opens all of the options for past performances and for the tools that are available. One click to bet now and DRF bets Get real time odds and scratches on race day You can tap on any horse And you get those same DRF pass performances That you're familiar with With a larger font for your mobile display One click to formulator for charts for replays If you get the formulator version And even on the classic pass performances You get the home screen with horses With odds, with buyers You get a lifetime buyer speed figure graph You can rotate your phone for the best view And any horse that you click on You'll see the running lines You can easily move from horse to horse The same data as those traditional Classic DRF pass performances You get an interactive format Which is very similar to the DRF classic version That you're used to on the desktop 
every card includes live data updated instantly with those scratches. And so you get the accessibility from desktop to phone, cross-device functionality. You can take your notes and save them from one device to the next and then access your account on any of your devices. On-the-go handicapping and wagering multiple formats to view you got the overview page with recent speed figures current days odds easy access to expert selections and analysis you got the buyer speed figure graph with lifetime buyer speed figures and chart notes for every horse and you got those traditional drf pass performances that are just newly optimized for your mobile phones they are constantly upgrading improving and making everything easier for you to get your handicapping done at drf Com. Great stuff talking with Jessica there. She's an excellent handicapper and she's been doing a really good job helping promote Sam Houston races and uh, doing great stuff on social media. So let's just recap through the uh, the late pick five sequence. In the sixth, I absolutely love Governale. Uh, I have him stacked on top. I've got the two, four, six as sort of my next tier of horses. Uh, you want to go a little deeper. I've got the nine and the one A even in the mix in what is a really great start to the late pick five. But Governale will be a horse <clears throat> I probably single on one ticket and then hope we can get him home in some separation uh, starting in the seventh race where Guero De Niro I will use everywhere along with the, the one Bonham and the five big one. I'll be three one five in all exotics, seven and eight if you want to go a little bit deeper and some underneath types. Uh, in the eighth race, you know, I, I've kind of got it down to those logical three, five, seven, and eight, <clears throat> which means I'm going to single the five. Remember me, Tony, in late pick fives. Probably play one ticket where I come back and, and use uh, a couple others and, and, and single a, dif- a different spot with a horse who I like you know, throughout who might be a little bit bigger price. But remember me, Tony, I feel like of those three is probably the best horse. And I'm I'm kind of looking at this race thinking that the perfect samurai might show a little more speed stretching out. I think Lezzy with Cinerosa Ranch is obviously going to show some speed. If those two end up hooking up, then remember me, Tony kind of chucks in right behind them and gets a nice trip. We'll single the number five there. In the ninth race, probably one where you're going to want to spread out a little. I've got Spiked Cider as the major inside pace factor. I've got the 8 3-Eyed Raven as a must-use everywhere. And the 6, Mr. Hands-On. Um, what do you want to do with the 3? Who knows? Uh, the 4, you want to go a little deeper. Maybe the light bulb angle there. Malibu Mo and uh, the 7, Mayan Ghost would be you know how I stack them underneath. But I have 8 one Six as my must-use horses in the ninth, and then in the tenth, I love the two Barnacle Boy really, really fast. He's going to be tough. Uh, after him, I have nine, five, one, but I just don't love anybody else in there. So Barnacle Boy for me, trying to steal that tenth and final on Friday night over at Sam Houston. We are going to get to uh, an interview next with. Emily Golickson from Optics EQ. We're going to talk all about Oakland Park on their Saturday racing. Uh, they have five stakes races, so we're going to go through all five of them. The Rebel is the feature. So Emily is going to join me to talk about the five stakes races from Oakland Park on Saturday. Following that, I'll do a little quick recap of uh, my selections one more time. But we spent about 45 minutes going through races 5, 7, 9, 10, and 11, ending with the Rebel on Saturday. Before we get to that, though, let's hear from one of our sponsors. Our longtime friend Cindy Carava has made a big change. Cindy is now with 
Remax Resources. So full service realtor Cindy Carava now with Remax Resources over in Claremont. Very exciting for Cindy who can help you out in anything you need in the world of real estate. And she is the nicest and most genuine person. She's someone who will take all the stress away from you if you're moving, if you're wanting to purchase, to lease. If you just have questions about um, home improvement, maybe, you know, landscapers, vendors, things like that. Uh, If you need help with a a loan, she can help get you pre-approved. All of the things you need in, in, you know, dealing with moving, all the stress that comes with relocating, Cindy Carava can help you out. The phone number is 626-394-6400. Uh, email realtor at gmail.com for any questions, any inquiries. Cindy Carava, longtime sponsor of That's What G Said. We'll have to have her on in the next week or so so we can hear all about her new uh, the new ventures there. Congratulations to Cindy, and make sure whenever you need something in the world of real estate, you go check in with Cindy Carava. We are going to check in with Emily Golickson and talk some Oaklawn Stakes races for Saturday. Get those past performances out, kick back, and enjoy. Big weekend coming up over at Oaklawn Park and uh, to join us to talk about the Rebel and some of the other undercard stakes. Good friend of the podcast from Optics EQ, Twin Spires, uh, one of the best handicappers that you will ever meet out there. No doubt about it. Emily Gullickson. Emily, how you doing? Hi, I'm good. Bold introduction today. Bold introduction, right? You got the intro, so now you gotta you gotta live up to the intro. Um, I, before we get into this weekend, I gotta say the last couple years, and I know you're someone who covers Oakland now on more of a, a, a di- probably a, a lot more than you did maybe five years ago. But for me, at least, the quality of racing over the last like two to three years there is just improved like tenfold they were always a track that would would have like really good big days um on their big stakes days and they would have nice stakes but for the most part um you know the like the middle of the week days would, would be okay but but the depth in like the allowance level and like the the really strong maiden special weight races that they have over there now has been unbelievable last few years yeah i totally agree i mean i i you try to think of like what the reason for that could be and i know the purse increase was huge for the horsemen and you know just kind of taking away from uh, a little bit of Gulfstream, a little bit of Santa little, so- little socal yeah i think yeah. i think socal a lot of people are realizing, hey, you know what? Like, we can run for similar against like similar company and competition just for a lot more money mm-hmm. out there. And and we've seen, you know, some of the jockeys really succeeding, and some of the barns that have sent out strings uh, from SoCal have, have really succeeded. So, uh, big shout to Oaklawn. And you know what? Like, they were they were that track last year when almost everyone else closed. And they were like the 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 one that was still going, and they added all those extra dates. And how many you know races that we look back at now from early uh, Oaklawn last year, where they were like an allowance race or a small stakes race that was like a legitimate graded stakes, or you know every race was like a level above what it should have been. Yeah, that, I think we're, we're going to see some of that on um, Saturday as well. Just mm-hmm. looking at some of these graded stake or some of these stake races that aren't graded stake races, but they're running for purses that are higher in some case than some of the graded stake races. So I think uh, keeping that in mind is crucial. Okay, so let's uh, let's get the past performances out. If you're following along with us, we are looking at Oaklawn Park Saturday, March the 13th, and we're going to go through races 5, 7, 9, 10, and 11. We've got uh, 5, 
stakes races on the card And the Rebel is the big one But uh, as Emily mentioned There's plenty of money up for grabs in some of these other races Including, you know, when we start with the Grade 2 Azeri In race number 5 Now I think this was a a race that Swiss Skydiver was Deciding on if they were going to run here or run at Santa Anita in the Beholder ends up going out to Santa Anita in the Beholder to, to to get the try to get the Grade One, but we still have a couple uh, really nice horses in here. I mean, she dares the devil who beat Swiss Skydiver last year in the Kentucky Oaks is going to be making her first start of 2020. We have Letruska, who's just sort of a real old fashioned type horse. Like she's this nice mare who just is fast, and you know what you're going to get from her every time. She's just going to try to run you right off your feet. Um, you have Envoy Taunt, who's sort of become like a kind of like a now horse who had a really nice end to uh, to twenty twenty. So a small field, but a couple really quality animals in here. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to start um, start your handicapping with She Dares the Devil because she's going to be favored in here, and you know she has the the Kentucky Oaks win and Brad Cox, Juan Drew, you know those factors that are going to make her favored in this spot. And to me, she just looks like perhaps a little bit vulnerable today because she yeah. has the layoff and with her running style, you know, it is a compact field, a uh, field of five, but she's drawn outside. You have Latruska inside of her um, who does her best running forwardly placed. And I can't imagine they're going to change the running style today. Motion to motion. Another one um, that, that really does need to be forwardly placed. They yeah. tried to raid off Latruska last time and it just didn't work out. They have to be aggressive with her um, Santana aboard. I mean, there's just, that's kind of her one way to go. And so that kind of puts um, She Dares the Devil in a place where, you know, if those two kind of go, she's got to get wide. She's got to kind of track them. And then um, and Vuitton, she's, she has some tactical speed as well. She can run on the front end. Um, and, sh- and she's kind of my pick in here. Yeah. I just think that she's she's just gotten so much better. She's, she showed quality early on um, back at Gulfstream, some quality um, – Made in special weight race at Goldstream that time of year and was just able to progress and move forward. She ran well in grade one company. She's run well around two turns. And you mentioned, you know, where, where Swiss Skydiver going to go. Well, Kenny McPeak is represented by Envoy Taunt yeah. in this. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Yeah. Um, in this race and just looks like a, a, just a really good spot for her mm-hmm. coming into this race the right way. And I think also, you know, um, Brad Cox represented by Get Rid of What Ails You, another one that's just been. Consistent, she'll appreciate if there's any pace up front. But this is going to be a big class test for her. Um, she's probably going to have to run a career top in order to compete, but could be along for a minor share. Yeah, it, it just sort of feels like one of those races where, like, if you want to bet this race, it feels like Envuiton is the horse. Um, <laughs> it just like I can't get to She Dares the Devil off the bench, off the short price. And like you said, I don't know if in a small field like this with a couple other speeds, she she might have to work pretty hard. Or she might just get, like, it might not be the most easy trip for her coming off the bench. So, emotion, emotion, she's just a total wild card. You know, I just don't even think she's quite as good as, you know, maybe the top two or three in here. But she can at least be a nuisance on the front end and make things difficult. It, it just feels like Envoui Taunt is the most versatile. She's really good right now, as you mentioned. Like, that last race where she won on the lead That was, it was really a good ride It was just, it was more of a like, I'm just gonna hold my position You know, instead of She's not like a speed demon She can just kind of place herself wherever she wants in the race And I think in a small field like this From the rail, that that to me Like that versatility 
is, is probably why I lean her more than anyone else And and she might be like if she is that two and a half to one Because uh, or so like I wouldn't be shocked Latrice is going to take a little bit of money She's got like nice speed figures also And people are going to give she dares the devil a look So um, yeah if she's, if she's around that morning line Like five to two or so That feels really fair in a race like this yeah, I mean, I think that there's sometimes there's value on those kind of second, second, um, even if she is the second choice in, in wagering. I mean, it's it's mm-hmm. hard to tell sometimes with Oakland in the morning, uh, morning line there. But th- there's value in those when you have a favorite that you want to kind of take on and she just sort of stands out um, over the rest. So, um, you know, I don't expect the price to be big, but just as like, you know, to a little separator. Exactly, exactly Let's move along to race number seven And I think this is one of the races that um, You were sort of indirectly referencing When you were talking about big purses We've got the Essex Handicap A non-graded stakes race Worth $500,000 So if you were a horse like Tax Who I believe had another spot Picked out recently And they were like uh, no, we'll just go run there for $500,000 instead um, So, you know, Tax will be one that takes money You've got Silver State, who's really sharp right now He's won three in a row You've got Night Ops, who's uh, who's been really nice on this circuit For the last couple years Harper's first ride comes into a new barn And that barn, Diodoro, is just winning race after race at the meet And he's excellent with new acquisitions like this So, um yeah, there's definitely a, a couple talented horses That would probably, you know, they, they definitely would be Players in some graded stakes places And and now they're in this uh, $500,000 handicap Well yeah, you, I mean you mentioned it with tax He was indeed, he was uh, entered to run In the, the Gulfstream Park Mile Grade 2 race um, On February 27th Which is actually a $200,000 purse So running here is actually a little <laughs> bit more Confidence behind it um, and, and tax, I mean You know, I He's hard to, to kind of diss. I mean, he's, he, you know, if I look at optics plot, he's a square in quadrant one. He kind of has some separation. So he fits on that front. He's just kind of one that I just have a hard time trusting. He's, um, he's not like a sexy – you, you, like, never want to pick him, you know? Like, I, I, yeah, I, I feel that way with him. And I have especially no – because- He'll look like he like he looks today, right? Where it's like he's gonna get the perfect trip, he's got a pace advantage, and then he falters for for just no reason. And so, I mean, he's you know, if people want to land on him, you know, I I'm certainly not gonna say he's vulnerable for X Y Z, but he's just kind of tough to trust at a short price. Um, Silver State, I just, let me, which is I, funny, I, which is funny. Let, so I actually looked this up on him because he's such a polarizing horse to me. Uh, because like he just is one of those that like I really do think if we were talking about who's really good and if somebody showed up with their A game, he's probably the best. Like from from what we've seen of him in this field, um, his four wins, which are really funny, they've come as the two to one favorite, the two point one zero to one favorite, the two point three zero to one favorite, or second choice, and at nine to two. So his his wins have actually been kind of in spots like this because I kind I was thinking the same thing about him. I was like, God, I feel like I played him in spots where I would like single him or he looked like he stood out, and I would go back. I was like, you know what? He didn't really like. He's not really a money burner. He's just like I can't really put my finger on it. He's just not a horse that you like get really excited that I ever really get excited to bet. But I kept I kept coming back to him in here just thinking. Uh, you know, like he might be the best, but he's not a horse I could ever single, and I probably wouldn't want to bet him to win at five to two. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I think if you're, you know, you're looking at the at the quote unquote best. There's some horses that you know, you, we're looking at Silver State. I mean, Silver State, 
showed a lot of quality um, in his juvenile season. And I just think, you know, as far as them wanting to go on the Derby Trail, they had to find out the hard way that he yep. just doesn't want to go that far. And keeping him at a mile, they ran both races at seven furlongs. He just crushed. I mean, he was in, in both those races, which is really dominant um, and just showed class the way that his, his versatility in those races. And I thought the fifth season, that was going to be his kind of coming out party. He's going to get around two turns. It's going to be a mile. And again, he was like he just showed he was all class he broke broke a little bit slow slight hop at the start um he stopped wide outside the pace setters and just showed a ton of grit um and that was at a time when the Asmussen barn was like a little bit cold that was during that that opening weekend and so while this is eight and a half I think this is probably um a distance he could handle maybe a little bit further would be um you know a little bit suspect but I just think he's kind of in the the right spot at the right time and green light go is another horse that's super interesting to me yeah. I wrote him up as circles and squares um actually last weekend he was going to run an allowance um at going a mile because I just thought you know he just like his his race on um february 6th just looked like good prep it was just a massive gallop out he's always showed some ability and just thought that was a right spot and for them to scratch out of an allowance where he kind of just looked like a really logical like you know almost not a cinch because we don't like to say cinch in horse racing but pretty darn close yeah to, a great spot a spot where you're where you're quote-unquote cinch to run in a stakes race show some confidence behind it um and then you mentioned night ops i mean night ops He's solid. I mean, I think he'll benefit kind of second off um, the layoff, getting a little bit more ground, but he's just a little bit on the plotty side and just kind of yeah. needs everything to go his way. So um, I'm leaning, sorry, I'm leaning a little bit more Silver State and Green Light Go here. Green Light Go really feels like he's going to get a, a pace advantage in this race, too. Like on paper, um, there's no real. Like speed demons in here. You got a couple trackers like Harper's first ride. We'll be tracking taxes, has a little bit of speed and he can use it if he wants to, but he's he's probably best where he's just kind of tracking right behind. Silver State showed a little more speed last time out. But if they all end up just kind of in that, oh, okay, we'll we'll sort of let green light go, get a length away, and we'll kind of track behind. You mentioned he's now gonna be going second time for Hollendorfer, second start off a really long layoff. He hadn't raced since May of last year and Keep in mind that even in that race last year His previous races were all layoff, layoff, layoff He's finally going to be putting a couple races together in here If you're playing any kind of like rolling uh, exotics or anything um, at Oaklawn I think he's like a must use in those exotics Because there's really, I see a lot of versions of this race where he can steal it And I'm not that concerned He's like, if you're just playing this off of straight like numbers and speed figures and stuff He's a little low But we know he's got ability from what he's done when he was young and when he has that kind of a pace advantage here i think if he does get a length or, or two out front he absolutely could get brave yeah yeah um yeah absolutely i mean there's really not not a race from him um that's a quote-unquote bad race no as far as i'm concerned no he was just a horse who had like real high, like a, a very high reputation right he won his mm-hmm. first two starts he was going into the, the champagne in his third start uh, grade one as a heavy favorite he actually lost to tis the law that day and then since then he, he hasn't been back in the winner's circle but he hasn't been bad and he's had some physical issues along the way there's ability there if he can get back to it um yeah i don't think i think we hit Hit most of the the major players in here Like Rated R, Superstar, he's a stone cold closer He needs a little help up front And Uphold just kind of seems a little overmatched in here 
Yeah, yeah, up a little bit below. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think we touched on everybody else. I mean, Harper's first ride, I think maybe is the only one we didn't. You just talked about being Diodoro and Bar Change. And um, I mean, for for me, he's he has those strong races, but um, a lot of those races are at Laurel. And Laurel's kind of like an island in some ways. It is. Just kind of just run really well there, and then they struggle outside. So that's kind of my one knock with him, and it almost like looks that way on paper as well. Yeah, Uh, just like off his speed figures, even you could tell that like when he goes elsewhere, they're just a cut below. Yeah, yeah. So I, you know, we'll have to see what what we get from him um, in this spot. But that's just my my kind of overall concern there. Let's go to race number nine And we've got the Temperance Hill This is $150,000 stakes They'll be going a mile and a half So something we don't see all too often Going uh, up this kind of a distance On the main track So you have some of the uh, the horses Who you sort of see that show up in these distance races Tenfold is, is you know coming back To the uh, the dirt after trying the grass a couple times But he's usually in some of these And You're to Blame is another one that generally shows up In uh, a lot of these races Campaign to the outside, first Sadler You'd have to imagine he'll be uh, one that will probably run a little bit better. He just had no shot after uh, you know missing the break last time out. So um, mile and a half races, we don't see a whole ton of these like true true distance races on the main track. Do you have any type of a strong opinion here? Um, you know, I I think that it's because of the reason that you mentioned they don't run a lot of these races. So you have you have a high chaos factor, and that you probably want to spread because. I mean, tenfold. I think his his race last out, that fourth place finish was was pretty sneaky good. Um, but he, you know, he's capable. You're to blame. He's capable. Campaign. He's capable. But but none of them you really trust, right? No. And none of them really like kind of stand out over the rest. So I think you'd want to get some coverage in here. But one horse that I'm definitely going to use and probably a win bet because they think the price can be right. Um, getting twenty to one on the morning line. Um, is number seven Muralist. And Muralist has some some distance races. He has some stamina. I don't necessarily know it's his best distance, but I don't really know what his best distance is. I think he just kind of <laughs> needs the best yeah. the best trip type of a horse. But his race on um, January 29th was was pretty sneaky good. Um, kind of a better than look race. He closed a lot of ground. He was off slow. And then on um, February 27th, so that was just two weeks uh, two weeks prior and two Saturdays ago. Um, that race, it was like the weather was terrible. There was fog. Like you can, if you pull up the replay, like forget it. You can't see anything. No shot. So, no so I mean, that's just like it's almost an excuse. So he's got that better than look race. He's got some stamina to him. Um, and you know, just at a price in a race where it's just there's just so little reliability on anyone. That's definitely a horse I'm using. I completely agree, and on the spreading out a little bit. A couple others that I might throw in on my ticket, like. I mean, I don't know what to do with Plainsman. I mean, I can I can absolutely see versions of this race where he's able to either get out front or just like sit second and just get a really great trip. Um, the one that's sort of an interesting horse, kind of a wild card to me that I will include in a couple spots is Treasure Trove. I um I think Treasure Trove is interesting, and he's one that could be forwardly placed and maybe just again like fall into a nice spot. I don't really. Think he should have a problem getting the distance either. They, you can tell they've tried some different things with him now since my, uh, Maker claimed him. They, you know, they went a mile and an eighth on the main, and actually that race isn't bad where he was behind uh, uh, Jesus's team, and then you took a shot going two miles on the turf last time out. He was in a race that came up a little sloppy, also. So his form is fine. He's another one in a spread out race that I will probably throw on my tickets, but 
uh, my notes on the top of this was just don't love this race because I yeah. got, it just, yeah, it was one that I just don't, I love having a strong opinion. I love saying let's single and move along or a eight to one, 10 to one. But I just, yeah, I, like you said, I think your assessment was the best is that there are three or four horses that you like, but how much do you trust them? You know? And and I don't really trust really anyone in that race. No, 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 no. <laughs> Let's move along to race number ten. We've got the two hundred thousand dollar hot springs, and this one's kind of fun because we have, I guess, sort of two groupings of horses. Um, you have you know Whitmore and CZ Rocket who came out of the the Breeders' Cup Sprint last time and they finished first and second. And then you've got three horses who ran in the King Cotton uh, last time out. You've also got. Um, engage who is sort of an interesting one on his own to talk about, and then Fire Crow has a little bit of speed. So, um, you know, starting with the horses who were in the Breeders' Cup, very cool for Whitmore, the old who's now eight year old. Who I mean, just watching that race too, he got such a perfect trip. He saved all the ground inside. He got a nice angle. He just like moved to the uh, angled out. Got a great split. Got a great opening, and just crushed. I mean, it was like as for a stone cold. Closer, which he's been, I guess he's more like he has a little bit more kind of like t- attractable, uh, you know, positional speed than being dead last. But for a horse who who definitely needs the kind of trip, wow, he really got it, and that's very cool for uh, a horse who's been around and who was once on the Derby Trail, and they decided, you know what. His best is not going long. Let's cut him back. Let's turn him into a really good sprinter. And in in like his, one of his worst years, he ends up winning the big one. Oh yeah, and I mean he's you know for them to run in here, he's won this race one, two, three, four times already. Every yeah. time he's been in this race, <laughs> he's won it. Um, so I mean you know it's just kind of you know nostalgia for the fan aspect. You know, there's that. Um, I, you know, I found this race, this race is extremely tough because there's not a single horse in this race that I can toss. Completely agree. Um, you know, I mean, I really can't. It's like even some of these horses that look a little bit below, um, you know, Fire Crow, Mr. Jägermeister, it's like one of those two could get loose. And, and if the other one didn't go, then the right. other one did, then turning for home, if they had a length on the lead, you'd be a little bit nervous. Right. And I mean, yeah, you know, both of them, it's like there's not the pace doesn't look incredibly fast, even though like both those horses want to be forwardly placed. So one of them sticking around is not like the craziest, you know, the craziest outcome. Yeah, um, showed me something last time. He, he really did. Just like being able to kind of hang around with that group and show like, OK, I can do more than just kind of beat up on Canterbury horses, which I've done for a, a lot of my career. But he he has legitimate speed to like to go early on with a group like this. Yeah. Um, you know, so I mean, th- th- that's those two. It's like, you know, you mentioned engage and this horse just like, I mean, I-, I struggle with him. You know, I thought last time out was just a great spot for him to come back, get back to the six furlongs, which is what he wants to do. And he was just so plotty. I mean, I know he had a little bit of traffic, I know he's inside, like, but just overall, I mean, just lacked gears when he needed. And you know, perhaps like again, he's another horse that he could totally win, but um, uh, tough for me to back like off that trip. I mean, Whitmore and CZ Rocket, they're probably, you know, the, the quote unquote most likely because they're the class of the field and they're just, you know, they're warrior sprint types. Um, number two, Flagstaff. His race last time out, I thought that was a sneaky good race mm-hmm. for him. He's going to get some change. Rosario and Blinkers, which I'm like not crazy about with like that these type of horses. Yeah, <laughs> it does seem weird. It's like, what? That's just like a, it's like a, yeah, a marriage. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> like at this point, it's kind of a desperation 
situation type thing. But I mean, it's not enough to be like, he's impossible. You know, it's just like, it's a little odd. And then Boldor, I mean, he, he could be a little bit slow, but he's improving and he's just getting better. So it's like, he's a horse on the upswing. So, you know, I had just a really hard time in this race because I, I don't have an opinion like for or against. There's probably going to be some value in there. We'll see come post time. Um, but, but again, I mean, I think probably those, the two class horses, um, Whitmore and CZ Rocket, probably the most likely, but um, I, you know, I have a hard time like really making a strong case against anybody. Yeah, I think if I was, I think if I was just looking for like a horse to bet as like a win bet, I guess it depends on how you're playing the race. If you're playing like pick threes, pick fours, and stuff like that, I would, I would use a couple. And I, I mean, I'd probably be okay with trying to, to take a swing against Whitmore if you want to do that in the rolling exotics. If you're looking for like a win horse, I to me it would probably be one to one of the two you mentioned, Flagstaff and Engage. I think those might be like the horses who I can sort of project some improvement enough for them to like maybe they got their their prep out of the way last time out and you know CZ Rocket and Whitmore are going to need this race and they'll be a little bit stronger down the line because you know this is a series there are a couple sprint races um you know this will lead to what is it the Count Fleet next I think um uh, in in a couple in like on the next prep undercard day so maybe they'll be a little tighter down the line you know with with intentions later on in the year and engages just so like he was so good in 2019 and he was fourth in the breeders cup and then he comes back in 2020 and it's just an absolute bad year he just doesn't start until september and then he runs in the lafayette and there are actually three next out winners out of that race sleepy eyes todd came back to win a grade three true timber won a grade one out of that and then uh, the third place finisher came back to win a first level allowance optional 75 i i I agree with you last out. I wanted a little bit more from him. And and he, you know, I, he's going to have to improve, no doubt. But I, I I don't know why I keep coming back to him. Just ex- like, it's like I'm expecting him to run a big one in this spot. Um, so I, maybe it's just chasing him again. Who knows? If if he's over five to one, that's that's probably a fair price in this spot. Um, but it is, it is very interesting. Like, this is a race where... I, I would probably lean with him in Flagstaff if you were looking to try to like beat the obvious logical horses who, you know, Whitmore and then CZ Rocket. Like CZ Rocket got really good last year. And, you know, just to mention him, because we talked I talked about how Whitmore got that great trip ground saving. And he he sort of angled out and the horse when he angled out, the horse who kind of angled in from the outside was CZ Rocket and they tried to move together. And Whitmore was just moving better, but CZ Rocket ran like a winning type race in the Breeders' Cup. He's a legitimate animal. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, Drew's going to get back aboard. A couple of his stronger races have been with um, Florent Drew aboard. So there's, you know, there's a lot of positives um, for CZ Rocket in this spot. I don't think either of those two horses are going to necessarily, you know, quote unquote, need a race. I no. think they're, they're in it today um, mm. to compete and win. This is a yeah, a fun, a fun hot springs uh here in race number ten. As we move along to the feature on the Oakland Saturday card, it is the grade two rebel. And I, I'm pretty sure we talked about uh Rebel card last year too, because I, I think I remember talking about Nadal in that race with you before. Mm-hmm. And uh yep. and so here we are again. And uh obviously the horse that's getting a lot of the Nadal comparisons is Consort Tour, who is listed as the slight second choice on the morning line. We actually already tackled one of the questions that was asked to me earlier uh on Facebook by James when we were Asking about Whitmore and if you basically Said it right now do you think Whitmore needs a race And I don't I think if you handicap the race And you think he is the like the pace Is going to set up for him and he's he's the most Likely winner don't 
Don't use the oh he might need a race as a factor Handicap it if you think he can win it Like I, I think that's fine and I kind of agree With with your assessment there on uh, on Whitmore one of the other questions we got Was just who's getting the lead in here You know like it was basically like is Caddo River Concert Tour is one of them going to try to sit What do you and Emily think about that So I guess we can start there because In this grade 2 rebel we have A couple horses in here Who you know Concert Tour Caddo River and get her number who are very talented and pretty quick. We'd have to imagine they're all going to be forwardly placed and, and want to be either on the lead or very close to it. Yeah, I mean, Akato River, um, in my opinion, because he's drawn on the inside, he's going to go. And for him to not get the lead, that's going to mean that somebody else is going to hard send to try to clear him. And then and then in that case, you know, Drew might just set off because th- th- that horse is going to be on like mm-hmm. a suicide mission, right? But yeah. I, I I don't think they're going to they're going to try to rate Cattle River. I think from the inside they're going to go and if somebody else happens to, you know, like I said, go nuts, then they'll kind of sit behind in a free trip. So I would imagine Cattle River is, is going to be on the lead. Um Concert Tour stretching out and obviously he has, you know, some some speed coming out of those shorter races. He should probably kind of sit right behind in a, in a trap. Tracking trip. Um, number four, got, get her number. Um, he's not quick enough um, based on his, you know, again, these are two year old numbers, but he's not quick enough with kind of either of those two horses um, to kind of get the lead. He would have to use a little bit. And then, you know, again, his numbers are just a little bit soft this year. So he's going to have to like really move forward coming into this spot, um, especially to get the lead and, and kind of the same thing with Hozier. I mean, he's just a bit on the slower side and have a hard time kind of seeing him forwardly play. So the way I, I see the race shape for the most part is kind of Cottle River out in front, um, concert tour tracking um, with kind of get her number, Hozier kind of doing their best to kind of keep pace there. Um, Big Lake also kind of part of that that flight as well, um, tracking behind behind um, Caddo and concert. So a couple of horses that are interesting to think about who we have not seen run so far yet this year, but they had some success at two. We talked about one of them get her number who um, just from a pure pace standpoint doesn't feel quite as quick as, as the others to keep up with them early. Uh, although he actually, when you look at some of the, the, the horses who he's faced, they've actually come back and, and done okay. Rombauer won the El Camino Real Derby. Spielberg even uh, won the grade two um, uh, Los Al Futurity and then finished second in the Southwest behind Essential Quality. You've got Hart Rod Charlie. Who uh, was second in the Breeders Cup Juvenile Was third in the Bob Lewis I believe he's heading over to the Louisiana Derby um, Next week So those horses have actually come back and run well Whereas or it's like keeping uh, Keep me in mind Where he broke his maiden in a grade 2 race uh, The Jockey Club And that race has not come back very strong He got a really really low figure From buyers from Timeform US Where did you have that race stacked up on, on Optics? Um, you know, he was given a B, so a, a B grade is pretty much what a horse needs to do to win. Not not anything overly mm-hmm. impressive. Um, you know, by by contrast, um, Kyle River B plus and the Smarty Jones and a B plus breaking his maiden in um, special weight company. So it was fine. Um, obviously, the, the speed figure is a little bit lighter. He earned a, a 101 optics figure in the Breeders' Cup uh, Juvenile and then a 90 in the um, Kentucky Jockey Club. So, so yeah, it's, it's a slower race, but I think there's, there's enough class there. I kind of had to 
you know, I've been asked to like make a pick in this race, which is not my favorite race to really make a pick in because I think, you know, Cattle River Concert Tour um, and Keep Me in Mind are kind of the three that just kind mm-hmm. of rise to the top. And I guess if he's going to be the better price of those three, then, you know, he's going to kind of be my lukewarm pick because, you know, I'm being he feels the trip. Thing. <laughs> yeah, like trip wise, he feels because w- w- we start kind of doing what you were doing. Like you start looking at that. That was my major issue with with having to do what you're doing like making making a, a pick or just picking one horse for this race is because i would love to find the horse and i and i was trying like i really want to make a case for hosier i i do i i want to make a case for him being able to sit like fourth and get the jump on keep me in mind i just don't know if he's that good like and and with the horse like him, something that you and I talk about, uh, you know, quite often. So he breaks his maiden and he wins and he's sitting like a, in a great spot, about like two lengths off throughout. If in this race he ends up being, you know, five lengths off, is he, it, you know, is he going to be able to actually close or was he a horse who was just, you know, better than who he was facing and just kind of fell into a nice trip? That That's my concern with him. And I don't like I can't find that horse who I think might be able to sit. Like mid pack and get the jump on keeping me in mind. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean that that's kind of it. I mean, again, I just I think those three. I mean, uh, Cattle River. He's you know he's solid at this point. He's been tested at the distance um, and on this racetrack, so he has that as an edge. To Concert Tour, Concert Tour has an edge, just perhaps being a little bit more of an improving type. Having a move forward, getting that added ground, obviously the connections um, that that ship into this race with with strong intent kind of help on that front as well. Um, and keep me in mind, I mean, he's just been he's just been so solid, you know. Like in every race, it's like you know that's not easy to do is to be consistent, you know, as a maiden in graded stakes company. Even if it's like he did break yeah. his maiden in the grade two, it's like he's running against top level company. Yeah. And, and and holding his own. So obviously there's there's a level of class there. Um, the other issue with keep me in mind is just, you know, his return is he's had kind of those setbacks, right? With the Southwest getting delayed and with the training missed, you know, so those things which which aren't quite favorable. Um, but as an individual, you know, there's things to like where, you know, Cottle River concert tour, it's like he's got to prove himself around two turns. Cottle River, you know, he's got to kind of show a little bit more because he got a lone trip last time. You know, there's there's just kind of some factors that for horses at a short price, um, they're logical, but they're not, you know, they just don't totally stand out or, you know, real knocks. And then I just think kind of everybody else is just, they're just a little bit below um, at this point, and they're kind of more kind of competing for the minors and maybe, you know, hoping, you know, connections with not much to lose. Let's take one more swing before we find out. Um, let's talk a, a bit about concert tour here. So we saw a uh, stable mate, Life is Good, who, I mean, what'd you think of Life is Good uh, last weekend? I'm, I, I'm no, I know I didn't prepare you for this, but I assume you watched that race and have a summative of opinion on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I was mixed on it because the race is, you know, it's it's fast, right? It's a fast, he came back with a fast time. I mean, those those types of things, which, you know, you have to give a lot of credit to. Um, but there were some favorable aspects. I think the opening quarter being able to kind of get loan, I think the race was over at that point. Um, just that makes a big difference when horses are able to just be uncontested in that opening quarter. And then from there, you know, he just kind of separated a little bit. Um, visually, I've just been not impressed with him. 
him. I mean, he drifted out again. He's drifted out in every start so far. Um, and and that's such a negative. And, and then I'm reminded, you know, Authentic did the same thing. And then we all know how that turned out. So, you know, there's just, it kind of just comes down to preference where just for me, I just don't get excited about horses like that. Yep. But, you know, we've seen Baffert kind of take a horse like that and then turn them into, you know, superstars. So, again, it's not a horse that I get really excited about, but I can understand, you know, why he's getting the hype that he is because he's a fast horse, you know. Stablemate concert tour um, is Done nothing wrong, he's two for two um, You know, you look at a horse like him uh, Mr. Impossible, who he beat in his debut Came back and was third, I think, over the weekend uh, And then Freedom Fighter, who, who he had to work Very hard to beat in the San Vicente Came back and was fourth over the weekend In Gotham um, You know, I, I'm not sure Like, Obviously, you, you look at that And you probably don't think it's a positive But with a horse like Freedom Fighter He was stretching out a little bit more Like, maybe he's just a sprinter um, I do think that horse has some ability But... I, I don't I'm I don't know what to do with concert tour. I, I actually picked him in a fantasy league that I'm in earlier in the year, so I would I love him to, to be good and to, to be awesome. I, I watched a couple of his works um on XBTV, uh, and I, I gotta say, his two back work I did not like at all. I did not think it and I I, I mean I watch works and stuff. I'm not like I'm not a workout guy, so I don't pretend that I'm like the, the expert on that, but I just didn't love it. I thought his most recent work was was like worlds better than that And it seemed like they were uh, Getting a lot more into him, getting aggressive I'm just, he's he's kind of a polarizing Horse to me, I, I don't know Like he's obviously got some ability, but Can he can he sit off? Is that, I mean that's gonna have to try to be the game plan, he sort of did that In his first two Yeah, yeah, I'm, I mean go, going back to his works um, I agree with you, I mean Even going into the debut, he didn't um, He didn't do anything for me visually. So I just think he's kind of one of those types of, uh, of workhorses, um, in the morning. And I just, you know, I mean, I I think being, being outside and with Rosario aboard, he'll be able to kind of track to kind of get into, get into a duel. Um, and then, I mean, distance wise, there's nothing that stands out to me that he's just not going to handle the distance. Um, it's just, again, you know, you're taking a short price on a horse that's, that hasn't done something. And so there's value aspects, you know, that go along with that. So, um, you know, I think in this spot, again, he's another horse that I just, I, I have a hard time getting excited about. He's been, uh, you know, he was, he was really just logical in the San Vicente when you just mm-hmm. looked at the field and it was like, this is the race he's supposed to win. Um, let's see what happens when he gets tested. He's going to get tested here today, even though it's not, you know, necessarily the quote unquote strongest field, but this is, you know, this is going to be kind of his moment where he's going to have to step up and Mm -hmm. show that, you know, he's, he's the horse that, you know, a a lot of people like at the point and kind of that pattern. And it's a good spot for him to do so Like you said too, he's he's it's nice that he's drawn towards the outside So like there are plenty of things working for him If he is getting better in the mornings Because like you can see a, a lot of times with, what When Baffert is um, really working with horses And he's trying to do that with Life is Good I think he's trying to do that a little bit with this horse too To you know to really like school them a little bit in the mornings And get them to relax Not necessarily mean take 10 lengths back But just be able to harness their speed a little bit more Um yeah, Cotto River, like, it's hard to knock what he's done And if he sends off from the inside We could have a really fun race where, you know, it's like Cotto River and Concert Tour Just kind of tracking off them throughout And if, if that's the case and they turn for home together uh, It'll be fun to see if they've pressed each other enough For, you know, keeping me in mind to, to come and mow them all down I, I think, 
Like if I if you wanted a bomb and you're and it would be or like a pricier horse for me it would be Hozier just because I'm kind of hoping he could like fall into that spot. But I would be, I think I would be pretty surprised if it wasn't one of those three between Keep Me in Mind, Concert Tour, and Cotto River that won this race. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean with Hozier, yeah. Again, you know, it's, he's only raced twice, um, and you can make the case that you know another move forward is not a big reach. Um, he would have to improve. He ran uh, looking at optics figures. A 67 in his debut and then he ran an 85 so he'd have to you know kind of move forward another 10 points just kind of based on um kind of the the projection of what it's going to take to win this race which isn't a big ask but like with baffert horses they typically show who they are right, right away that yeah. early on there's so yeah. few of them i mean you can point to just a few and even the ones that like Ended up maturing like a example You know like a horse like we say like authentic that Who was good all along we never knew How good he was going to be like they're they're always Very good initially <laughs> they just Aren't like they're always going to show More than than I feel like what Hozier showed You just don't see very often where they Just get crushed um, Yeah I just I, I couldn't yeah Couldn't really get away from or I couldn't really You know find necessarily anyone sexy to bet But I am I am very interested In in this prep race because You know we're, we're getting into the point now where This is like the last Of the after The rebel there's basically one more big prep Everywhere else right yeah I mean so we don't like if You know you're starting to like look at Horses now and at circuits and you know if you don't Like one there you don't like one there you're starting to you know, it's life is good is jump up at the top now. You've got greatest honor who's towards the top now. Essential quality. He's he's really the one that I think they all have to dethrone until he does something wrong. He's he's the he's the reigning champ. You know, so they'll have to they'll have to knock him out to beat him. But um, Mandaloon, I think, right, belongs in that conversation. Hundred well. percent. He's kind of getting passed around. I mean, you know, coming out of coming out of fairgrounds has not necessarily been like the strongest derby angle, but he's just kind of a horse that's just kind of like. Kind of just sticking around and like being there and just sort of the way that this kind of field looks like this year. Maybe he's just kind of has the right running style to just, and, you know, be in the right place. And, and the way not really, the, he's kind of getting forgotten a little bit yeah. off sort of one poor, poor ish performance. And that, that was like, what his first time it. like stretching out when he, it was, mm-hmm. and it wasn't even poor. It was just people just thought he was going to win. He actually ran fine that day. It was that right. weird day where they were all going yes. really slow on the main track. Yes. And, what ends up happening in the fairgrounds races too is like what 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 has just happened in our conversation. It's out of sight, out of mind. It ends up becoming like one of the farthest prep races from the Derby by the time you get to the Derby. So you like you forget about a lot of the horses that came out of that race, and you're more interested in the horses that you just saw in the Bluegrass or in the Arkansas Derby or at Santa Anita, and you forget like. Oh, Mandaloon, like, he's got that nice tactical style, right? Like, he shouldn't be too far out of it. He's got the style that has had, like, basically won the Derby the last, like, 10 years now, you know, where you're just, like, right there, not too far off of it in a nice tracking spot. And one more step forward, we'll see him next weekend. It, it'll be kind of sad because those those were our friends that we talked about for a few weeks. But uh, but we, we had to we had to move along. Like, like any relationship, sometimes you have to just move on. And we had to say, okay, Fairgrounds, we're going to move on over to Oaklawn. We're not done with you forever, but it's just time to, uh, to move on. Right, right. <laughs> Emily, uh, always such a blast talking with you. Uh, I love going through race by race on a lot of these big days. Let everybody know uh, what do you have coming up uh, this weekend? Where can we follow you? And where can we find more uh, more analysis from you? Uh, yeah, so over at Optics EQ, we kind of continue the Road to the Derby series. So um, you'll have the Optics plot 
and notes um that's free just make sure they register and log in and then you get the kind of optics analysis which is basically what you and i just did sort of a horse by horse going through each of those races so it's good because you can just you know really see the progression um as you go through the series um in terms of oakland park the circles and squares column over at brisnet um that's also free it's kind of just some um sort of you know spot plays or just some races that i think you know are are good kind of betting betting type races um there um is that it oh uh daily selections at brisnet um race the date santa anita um optics dq and santanita.com um and then it's been crazy busy but i'm hoping to live stream on saturday as well on twitch yeah because in the last couple of weeks too uh one of the days i think that we were going i was thinking about going on with you it was that horrible weather weekend mm-hmm. oakland got canceled fairgrounds was raining like crazy two other tracks got canceled so um yeah there was there was chaos all over uh if uh, if we are if you are on twitch you, you always uh tweet it out and let everybody know when you head on so you can get the alerts or if you follow emily on twitch you'll immediately get alerted anytime she goes live. I get that little alert when it says uh, Emily's going on. So um, <laughs> uh, if you if you're heading out over there this weekend, I might join you for a little bit to uh, kind of we can look at some of Oakland races, see what else is going on, and uh, you know love to love to provide any insight and help you out because you help me out so many times. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's it's nice. I mean, having have another voice there because those streams can get long for four. Get hours. lonely. <laughs> they get a little lonely too for a while. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, I'll check in with you and see if you're doing it, and uh, and I'll I'll duck in for a little while and uh, and keep you some company. Thank you so much, Emily. Uh, we always it's, it's great. You're always handicapped like so early in the week too. It makes it easier for me to get the show out early to get the people uh, more opportunity to listen. So uh, best of luck this weekend, and uh, we'll be following along, and uh, I'll be going back and forth with you. Hopefully, not having to uh, to get upset about a bad ride or anything like that. All right. All right. <laughs> Thank you so much, and good luck to everybody that's listening. Thank you so much, Emily. You, know, uh, you heard how you can follow her on social media and you can find her work. So uh, make sure to do so. Don't go anywhere, folks. We got plenty more still to come on That's What G Said. Big thanks to Emily. So just to uh, recap, at Oaklawn Park in the Azari, if you're looking to play someone, you know, if you get around five to two or so, and Vui Taunt to me would be the play there in the Essex. I probably prefer tax. You know, to me, it is it's tax and green light go. I'm the most intrigued by um, Silver State's the one to beat. Night Ops is the other. So those would be the the very like logical uses for me. Green light go. Maybe the price you could try to steal it. Tax maybe the most likely winner I think in the race. And no real knocks on Silver State. I, I just think tax might be a little bit better on his A game. In race number nine, um, yeah, I said I, I just didn't love the Temperance Hill all that much. Plainsman, Treasure Trove, and uh, Campaign would be the ones for me. In the tenth at Oaklawn, the Hot Springs. If you are trying to beat uh, Whitmore, who uh, is you know awesome, uh, and Whitmore who uh, has been in this race year after year after year, I would probably try with Engage. And uh, Flagstaff would be the other. So if you're looking for someone to bet for me, it's engaged there. Uh, maybe Flagstaff. The obvious logical horses, you know, Whitmore and CZ Rocket would be no shock, and they may just be better than the rest. But uh, we'll see if we can get Engage home. And then in the Rebel, I mean, if I had to bet someone, it would probably be Hozier. I I do think Concert Tour is pretty good. I and I do think Cotto River is is pretty good. I, I feel like Concert Tour should get the the trip off of him. I'm not quite as high on Keep Me in Mind. Um, you know, Emily had said if he had, then it would, probably would lean there. I, I he feels like he's going to get the trip. I just don't know. I I don't know. The, I don't love the 
necessarily either any one of those three all that much. If you if you made me just pick someone, it would probably be concert tour, but I, I would never bet bet the horse like that uh, in this. So big Saturday over at Oaklawn Park, and thank you once again to Emily for helping us out talking about uh, all five of those stakes races there. I'm going to say a big thank you to one of the sponsors of That's What G Said, Sarah Candle Company, and the website C-E-R-A-Candles.com, SarahCandles.com. Their goal was to create a candle 100% natural, clean-burning, high-quality that everyone can enjoy. Uh, here's why Sarah Candles are the best. You get that all-natural soy wax. They're free from toxins that are found in paraffin wax. That's used in a lot of the other leading brands. The all-natural soy wax will actually hold your scent better and burn up to 50% longer than the traditional paraffin wax candles do. They are 100% lead-free, cotton wicks, completely natural scents. They're made in micro-batches, hand-poured to ensure the highest quality, 100% locally sourced, handcrafted in the USA, 25 different scents available, 3 different sizes, fragrance oils that are infused with natural essential oils, the best ingredients, quality packaging, affordable pricing, longer burning, no toxins, no carcinogens, no pollutants that are present in paraffin wax use the promo code g-i-n-o it'll get you 10 percent off your purchase this is a perfect gift for someone it's a candle that was created by people who love candles they started out experimenting trying to create the perfect candle and now they've blossomed into sarah candle company hey when you're burning a candle in your home with uh, your family some of your kids some of your animals that are around you want to make sure that they're breathing in healthier air and not toxic and sarah Candles is the place for you. Promo code G-I-N-O gets you 10% off your purchase. They'll even give you instructions and details on how to keep your candle clean and to ensure the perfect burn. SarahCandles.com, promo code G-I-N-O. Let's continue on with the Saturday racing. Let's head over to Santa Anita. There are two graded stakes races I wanted to talk about. We are going to see the return of Swiss Skydiver. She's going to ship on over to Santa Anita for the grade one beholder mile in race eight. But before that, in the seventh, we got a really, really contentious Grade 3 San Simeon, 6 furlong turf sprint. You've got Barristan the Bold, who has not raced since January uh, of 2020, so I think he probably needs a race. But you got Gregorian Chant, who comes off of a win in the Clockers Corner, at 6 furlongs. He should get a really nice trip in here from off the pace, because it looks like there's a good amount of speed. So, I think... You know, he's a live contender. He's 7-2 on the morning line. You've got Bob and Jackie, who I love. I'm going to make him my top selection in here. Look at who he's lost to. Hit the road, who just came back to win the kill row, grade one. Mo Forza three times. Another twist of fate, he was right there. And when he went six for uh, six and a half way back uh, in 2018, he actually ran really well. He was second that day, and he did what you sort of think he will do. He kind of stalked, pressed, and he'll be maybe stalking from a length or two more off in here on the turn back. He's honest. He's going to fight you really, really hard. I love the cutback for him. I mean, I like the cutback for Sambaye too, who uh, I think should have a little more punch. He's gotten a little too caught up on the front end recently, and now he, if he can settle, he should have... Some late bottom, some fitness turning back. Sambier would be no shock. You got grade one winner Sistron, who didn't really have a grade one winner. He actually won this race last year, going five and a half. And then in the Daytona, you, you know, didn't really show. And, and then we hadn't seen him since May. He could come back and run a big one. He would be no shock. And then towards the outside, you've got Jolie Olympica, who is a multiple graded stakes winner, multiple group one winner in Brazil. And 
she could set a perfect trip just a few lengths off the lead with her kind of tracking tactical speed. Her losses recently have been to horses who have came out of those races and won. Keeper of the Stars, Rushing Fall, Charmaine's Mia. So, I mean, you look at a, a, a field of eight and you've got legitimately, I think, Gregorian Chant, Bob and Jackie, Sambier, Sistron, and Jolie Olympica would not be a shock whatsoever. And even the other longer shots, I mean, crazier things have happened. It feels like there are five legitimate contenders in here. I'll make Bob and Jackie the top selection, third start of the form cycle, third off the bench, cutting back, coming out of a race that's already been productive. Bob and Jackie, the play for me in race number seven at Santa Anita. In the eighth race, I don't I mean, I don't know if I really am going to make a wager in here. If I had to make a wager, it would probably be on Sinus, but I don't think I will because I really do think very highly of Swiss Skydiver and what she was able to do last year, and now she is fresh. She was got caught up in the morning in a training recently. If you look at her last work, it was 58 flat, so she was working, and then a horse sort of, she caught company that she wasn't expecting, so that ended up making her get really aggressive and go a lot faster than they wanted, so she is going to be ready to rock in here, her speed is sharpened up, no doubt, with the inside draw, um, I, I'm kind, I'm just kind of curious what their tactics will be, what, what they choose, um, to do with her from, in, from the inside, you got Harvest Moon, who actually outfinished uh, Swiss skydiver in the Breeders' Cup distaff, and she's a really nice filly who's going to be making her first start of the year. Also, she could have a really good 2021. I think Sinus, coming off of her most recent win, she could sit a very nice trip, and she continues to improve and is sort of a wild card. So if I was trying to bet someone in here, it would probably be her. You've got as time goes by, who's very sharp, looking for her third uh, in a row for Baffert. She's absolutely dusted fields in the last two. She's going to get the big time acid test though. In here, facing Swiss Skydiver, who will be making her return to the races in uh, the Grade 1 Beholder Mile on Saturday over at Santa Anita. I couldn't play any exotics without using her. I probably couldn't. If you're if you're playing something late, make sure she's on your ticket, because she, she might just be a lot better than this group. I would... I would just have Swiss Skydiver, Harvest Moon, and, and Sinus in, uh, in a formful eighth race, but probably not one that I'll be involved in all that much. Um, just one that I'll be uh, watching a little bit more as a fan to see if she can take uh, her first step into what I think will be a good 2021. A must-stop shop for horse racing fans is OldSmokeClothing.com. Quality clothing and merchandise that horse racing fans and those who love the atmosphere and lifestyle of racing will be able to enjoy. We're talking high quality products that are rooted in the iconic symbols of racing and the racetrack experience. Old Smoke Clothing is named after John Morrissey. Old Smoke John Morrissey. He's the founding father of Saratoga Racecourse. Check out uh, some of the things this guy did uh, throughout his life. Uh, Street brawler, gang member, cargo thief, brothel, bouncer, political enforcer. He ended up actually serving in both the Congress and the New York State Senate and went on to uh, build Saratoga Racecourse and set up one of Thoroughbred Racing's premier meets. So you know the folks at Old Smoke Clothing. They love their horse racing. And you get t-shirts. With horse names, polos, hoodies, long sleeves, zip-ups, hats with big races, slogans, custom designs. Maybe you and some of your friends, have uh, you're going to have a party. Or maybe there's a horse that won you a bunch of money. Or you want to do something for one of your friend's birthdays coming up. They will take care of that for you. Check out their custom designs. Uh, How about the 
Clubhouse. With the Old Smoke Clubhouse, you get quarterly package deliveries to you. It's $500 a year for the fee, and you get uh, delivery in January, in April, in July, and in October. And it is called the Old Smoke Clubhouse. In each of these packages, you get a t-shirt, you get a horse racing-themed gift, other package fillers. Once a year, you get uh, exclusive headwear, exclusive outerwear, you get 20% off all orders, and you get to interact with all the other members of Old Smoke in that clubhouse forum where you can talk about things going on in the world of racing, where you can uh, you know, share some selections and handicapping information, and just talk with other like-minded horse fans. And you know because you're listening to That's What G Said, you're going to get a little incentive. With the promo code G-I-N-O, it gets you free shipping on your order from OldSmokeClothing.com. Promo code G-I-N-O gets you free shipping on your order. Let's head on over to Sammy Houston for Saturday. Let's finish up the uh, the racing here on Saturday with race number two at Sam Houston. They're going to go a mile there on the main, and I'm looking at the number uh, two, Switcheronimo, who just feels like he's going to fall into a good spot um, on the drop-in class. He's you know, faced maiden 25s on the turf and maiden 15s on the main, two starts back. And if he just has that same sort of style where he's a couple lengths off of it, I'm a Romeo, will likely be in the mix early. Imperial Flyer, who's stretching out, you'd imagine he's going to be in the mix early on. And I think Switcheronimo will sit nicely right behind. So I'll end up using the two in all spots. The four, I'm a Romeo, gets a big jock upgrade with Luzzy jumping aboard, who's a very good speed rider and... You know, I'm Romeo had a massive lead and he spit it out last time out. Let's see if Luzzy can do a better job of harnessing that speed along the way. Um, I'm okay playing against the three and the five here. So let's just use two four to try to kick off that early pick four. In race number three, they'll go a mile and 16th on the turf course. Phillies and Mayors four and five years old. We're looking at Saturday's March the 13th, third race over at Sam Houston. And the number five, White Diamond Sky is going to be my top selection. She will be trying the turf for the first time, but she has two siblings that won on the turf. She's actually a half to a horse named Expect Royalty, who is eight for 16 on the grass, a multiple stakes winner who earned 217000 This barn has not won a lot of races lately, but I do think this filly is very well spotted to take a step forward and improve with some of that turf upside she has. I mean, what do you do with, with the, the seven catch, the devil, who has been the last three races... In spots like this where two of them, she looked like she could not lose. There was no way she could lose. And she lost. And, I mean, she's the most likely winner of this race. But as a gambler, as a better, can you be excited playing her again after she's already burned you multiple times? I can't. I'm going to use a three. Fancy all the time. Who, you know, just lightly raced. Her grass race on July the 27th going long. It wasn't awful. She was behind Catch the Devil, but it was only her first start on the turf. It was her first start going long on the grass. She was sent to the bench for a while after. I just feel like there's a lot of upside there with her. So 5-3 for me, trying to beat the 7 Catch the Devil on the win end. You know, you, you definitely want to use Catch the Devil underneath in exotics, but in uh, pick fours and stuff like that, I'll try to play against. Let's move to the fourth race. If the one brightest was drawn more towards the outside, I would absolutely love her, probably single her. The rail draw is what concerns me a a bit. I feel like she's going to get a a great trip. She's pretty consistent. You sort of know what you're going to get from her. She's got enough positional speed to stay involved, but she's not really like fast. Um, 
I I just the the rail concerns me. So that's why I can't really single her. I will use her with the logical Lady Avenue who you know, dropping in class should have every opportunity to run these down late. Twirling around the two is very quick, but we'll probably have to run into my golden bling. So, you know, those two speed horses, if either one of the two of those fillies uh, were able to clear, they would be pretty tough in here, but they probably won't be able to clear each other. So I have them one, five, two, four in a very logical, like nothing outside the box fourth race for me. Moving along to the fifth race, the number three stands hook and bull. Has that really good turf race going a mile that was against Texas Bad Boy, who, who's pretty nice. I mean, if we're just keying it off of that race, we know he has no problem sprinting because he won going four and a half. And I, I just think Stan's hook and bull with, with what he's shown us on the turf. We're sort of projecting from a lot of other horses, and I, that's a pretty good one. The number nine I will be including in uh, in all exotics, Granny Jewel, off of those two really good turf sprints back in uh, in 2020 at Remington Park. We've got the number two, Casey Tismoro, who's going to try the grass for the first time. He actually has a couple of winning turf sibs, and he's tried tougher against Stakes Company in his last two. This should be just based on company, a softer spot. Can he transition to the turf course here? We will see with a, a decent little turf pedigree. Then number 10, logical, let's go Alamo, who has run well on the grass and probably one of the more consistent turf horses in this field. Then the five, um, I have a hard time just completely leaving him off the ticket because he did just miss last time out against open 30 non-twos. This is like the effort that he put forth to win or to finish second would probably win this race. So uh, he could be tough too. Three, nine, two, ten, five in the fifth at Sammy H. Let's move to race number six, Maiden Special Weights here. Six furlongs the distance. And I thought the three, Holland, uh, first time Lasix for this Asmussen horse who comes in from Saratoga. And I just feel like he's a lot better. It, I, they may have tipped the hand a little bit with him too, because he, he worked. Uh, 47 and 4, fastest of 41 at Sam Houston on March the 3rd. What I like about him also is, if you notice, he's been based at Sam Houston since December. This wasn't a horse who they had over at Fairgrounds or somewhere else. They were working him there and then they decided to bring him here. They brought him to Sam Houston from the beginning. They felt like, okay, this will be a good spot for him. Let's bring him here. Let's get him acclimated to Sam Houston. First time Lasix for Holland. I prefer him over Vegas Guy, who was behind Drive Happy, who came out of that one to win. And Vegas Guy would be no shock. I just, that, that race I can't ever give over is the January 9th race where I, I thought he was so much better than that group. And even last time out, you know, he had every opportunity to win. He, he faced what I thought was a better group with, with Drive Happy than he did on, in the January 9th race. The the seven tis truculent is is sort of a wild card to me because if you like Vegas guy on January 9th, tis truculent was right behind Vegas guy. They were literally finishing together, only beating a length, both of them, not even. And then tis truculent went over and tried the grass, and you can put a line right through that, and now it comes back to the main track. So I have three seven two. You know, could you make a case for the six outcast? Sure, the debut was fine. Came back career start number two uh, against Open. Found that group, you know, maybe a little bit too tough, but did get plenty of action that day. Uh, three seven two for me in race number six there at Sam Houston to kick off your late pick five on Saturday in the seventh race. 
15 non-twos, 5 furlongs on the turf. The two metallic silver, second start off the short break. Only beaten a neck last time out. She ran her eyeballs out to, to finish second that day. Her lone grass race was very good when she was second. She has good speed. I think she's going to be in the mix or at the very least is going to make this an honest pace. I used metallic silver all over the place. I'm hoping G's a little crazy can track not far behind her. I generally don't love horses like this from the rail who I think are going to be tracking in a five furlong sprint, but I'm hoping G's a little crazy and Wade can just sort of settle right behind on the inside. I will use the six and aisles everywhere. Second off the break should get plenty of pace to chase in here. And uh, the 216 I'll use in all exotics. The number eight, if you're thinking about going a little bit deeper, Ignis would be no shock to. You can, you know, get back down to September of 2019. She doesn't have a ton of turf, right? Just the three races. But when you look at that September race back at Remington, where she sat a little off, that's probably the type of effort that would win this. So uh, Ignis. Well, if you want to go a little deeper, but I have them stacked two, one, six, and then eight on the uh, the larger tickets. In the eighth race, five thousand uh, claimers, non-winners of two on the year. I thought the four love to learn really fits the conditions of this race well because she hasn't run a bunch since September. She's only she won on September the fourth, and since then she ran fourth against optional tens. She was well beaten against open 10 claimers stay thirsty amigo just came back again to win and and then she tried a five she tried this level on september the on february the 27th in her last start and she moved up into contention nicely she was within two lengths at the top of the lane and she just tired the last 100 yards or so it was a sneaky good effort fits the conditions well because she hasn't been beaten over and over and over since september Love to learn. I'm using everywhere. I'm using the five. Will, there's a way everywhere with the race under her belt. She's going to be really tough dropping in from the 7,500 open claimers to this restricted claiming race. The number two adhere to me has some pace, but the layoff you worry a little bit about, but it's a, it's, it's a good spot for her first off the claim for Asprey You know, you never want to claim a horse and then send him to the bench for that, that long, but she, she's able to come in here and run for a pretty nice purse after being claimed for 7500 at Oakland or at Lone Star and you have to imagine that you know you drop in from 75 to 5000 this is a, a softer spot no doubt about it and you know facing the open claimers last time out so well spotted here and in a situation like this if it here to me was able to win and get claimed for 5 plus pick up the piece of the purse that would be a, a nice uh nice little get out for uh Asmussen here with adhere to me the number six, Little Red Vet, is also going to benefit from the, the cutback. She's got some pace. She'll be cutting back from six and a half to five and a half. So you have to think she'll be a, a little stronger late in this race. Four, five on top, two, six. If you want to go a little deeper, they may end up hooking up on the front end, though, and softening each other up a bit. In the ninth, Texas spread 10,000 claimers, non-winners of three lifetime races, five and a half furlongs, the distance. I like the two with the band. I think if you toss the slop and you look at the two back race when she was behind Doc's class act, um, he, he's got a big shot in here because Doc's class act was able to win that race, getting a, a beneficial trip tactically. But with the pace of full trigger, the number five, with pause, salty pepper, the number four, likely to be flashing some good speed in here. 
I think they're going to be going quick. I think it might be a little difficult for the the number five full trigger. Who is the one to catch? You know, so I'll use the two along with the five with band and full trigger in all exotics. You want to go deeper. The number three, Moro Appeal. I can completely excuse his last effort uh, and and play play off the two back race and you no know, just kind of say that he needed that race and now cuts back from six and a half to five and a half. And the seven docks class act from the outside could end up falling into a really nice spot with his versatility. Two, five, and then three, seven. Uh, if you want to go a little deeper to close things out in the tenth race, five and a half furlongs, maiden seventy five hundred dollar claimers. I've chased Urge in his last couple starts, uh, in her last couple starts. She's going to have the blinkers today, and I'm hoping that can get her to show a little more positional speed from the inside. On January the 15th, she had a ton of trouble, really sneaky trouble that day. She ran well. She came back on January the 28th, and she was just a clear-cut second. She couldn't get to the lone speed winner that day. She ran great. And then she sort of threw in a clunker last time out, but I I do think it was a little bit better than it looks. She drew the rail, and she just kind of got shuffled and flushed back, and she didn't really get an opportunity to start running until late. Now, with the blinkers, hopefully she doesn't get pushed back as much early on. The three Euro Tigre with that speed off of the runner-up last time uh, effort last time out very logical. The number seven. This is a uh, one of track announcer Chris Griffin's favorite because he has to say her name very slowly. Miss Chit. You don't want to say Miss Shit, right? You got It's Miss Chit. You can't go Miss Shit. You can't just slide it right together. Miss Chit. On the drop-in class, uh, the number four Heartbreak Road. You've got uh, another Blinkers on dropping in from Open Maiden Specials. Would be no shock. And then the six Wyoming. I have them stacked one, three, seven, four, six in the tenth and final on Saturday night over there at Sam Houston. I think just a couple weeks left now at Sammy Houston. Next week we have a, a bunch of guests that we will have lined up because it's going to be Texas Champions Day on Saturday. So uh, there will be I think three or four guests joining me throughout the week to talk about some of the races uh, on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday leading up. Preview us for the big Saturday and uh, get us all set for Texas Champions Day. So horse racing. We are done with that section of That's What G Said. We now head into wrestling with Chad Cooper. Uh, we bounce all around. AEW coming off their Revolution pay-per-view and Dynamite. It was not a good pay-per-view and not a good ending. How did they bounce back? We're going to go through everything. Positives, negatives. We talk about SmackDown. We talk about Monday Night Raw. We talk about NXT and their big announcements in an hour long This Week in Wrestling with Chad Cooper. Here it is, folks. Fight of the night. And trying to claim that belt once and for all. It's this week's wrestling recap. All right, calm down. And here he is, your hometown hero, your reigning champ, the one and only Chad Cooper. A very eventful week in the world of wrestling, in particular All Elite Wrestling. So we will start over there as Chad Scoops Coop joins me here on That's What G Said Again for this week in wrestling like he does each and every week. This is uh, the 
absolute best wrestling segment you will get anywhere because we're going to go through AEW. We're going to talk about what's going on in uh, WWE with Raw and SmackDown, NXT. We're going to give you positives. We're going to give you negatives. We're not going to kiss butt on anyone or anything in particular. Things we like, we'll let you know. Things we don't, we'll mention that. And I think we have to start with something, Chad, that uh, a lot of people really didn't like because uh, it was a it was a really bad ending. And for as much support as AEW gets, I, I don't think. The pay-per-view revolution last weekend Even even before the snafu at the end I wasn't loving the pay-per-view to be honest Every There, there were a couple things I thought were good The, the Young Bucks-MJF match was, was solid uh, The latter match was fine um, There just there was nothing that blew me away and, and, and then when you end with that sour note With that dud It was... I think in the early history of this company, probably one of their weakest, if not the weakest point for them. You know, when you look at wrestling promotions as a whole, you know, a lot of their TV product just is never as good because they just have to put it on each and every week. So there's a lot of down stuff. So that, you know, Mm -hmm. take impact, for example, impact has never really had the best impact weekly television shows, but their pay-per-views were always were very good, entertaining. Um, you know, we, we have been led to believe and saw uh, what we've witnessed with AEW with their uh, with their pay-per-views, uh, their events. We downloaded Bleacher Report app to, to watch this, um, and they've been very good. I didn't think this going into this pay-per-view was as strong as a card. Um, it just kind of felt okay-ish, but I thought, okay, they're going to pull some things off, and I'm... 100% on board with you. There were some things I liked. Um, I thought the tag team casino battle royal deal could have been a pre-show type deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, I, I know everyone kept saying, okay, this is going to be a big finish. It's going to save this pay-per-view. And it really didn't. It kind of did the opposite. It kind of put the pay-per-view as a whole as uh, one of their wo- one of the worst moments in the company's history. I thought it was just a bad night for them. Yeah, and, and, and even even some of the things like um, okay, now we understand why the they 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 were already going to get to the MJF uh, Jericho breakup and that stuff. Yeah, so I yes. get that. Yeah. I just I assumed MJF and Jericho were going to win that thing and string the story out a little bit longer. But if they already wanted to to, to go there, then I then I get that. That's fine. And that and that match was was good. It was very good. Uh, you know, really good quality for for MJF and for Jericho. The Bucks are always going to be good. So n- now like seeing what we saw on Wednesday, I'm okay with that. And and I guess I'm okay with like seeing that they're going to push Phoenix. But but and and so Phoenix winning, you know, the 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 Battle Royal, the Tag Team Battle Royal. But here's what I don't get about uh, about that, Chad. Why do you ever Put him in that match with Lance Archer And have him not get into the ladder match If this was going to be your plan I, Why even do that? Uh, I wish I had an answer um, Right? Because it, it, like, Why it, have him lose And then immediately You're going to have him win this battle royal That was something that I thought I was like, oh, okay He couldn't even get into the ladder match But he's winning this battle royal That makes every other team in here Feel very unimportant Go back to the very beginning What we were fed Now look, it, it's not like Things and ideas and rules and stuff don't change. You know, it changes. Everything evolves. But we were told when this company began, wins and losses would matter. That was the one thing. They yeah. put records on TV. We've never seen that before in professional wrestling. Maybe there's something years ago that I don't remember. Maybe Impact did it as a shtick. 
uh, maybe and people you know, like that, Chad. I gotta say, yeah. like if, um, I've heard people that like, especially on on a, on a mainstream channel like TNT. If you're flipping through and you don't know anything about anyone, but you see their records, it gives you something immediately. Yes. Sure, absolutely, and I'm okay with it. I like it. Me too, but, but they haven't stayed consistent with that, no. even so much as I mean, I don't know. This is exactly where we're going right now after watching Wednesday Night Dynamite, but you, it does sort of feel like Christian Cage is going to be in the title picture pretty soon without having wrestled a match there. And and there again, I, I thought, okay, they, they've got to give this guy something. He's not going to come and. Be a Miro, and you're going to put him in a video game uh, storyline, which apparently we're still getting with that after watching Dynamite on Wednesday night. We're still we're going to have a some sort of a video game, like a video game lumberjack match or something. Is this like for help us? But but we knew Christian wasn't going to come over and do that. You know, we kind of got you know we thought, oh God, here's Eddie Eddie Kingston and Moxley who were in a feud last month who hated each other that they're going to kill each other. They're buddies. They're drinking. They're laughing and trying to make up for this this botch. And, and I gotta say, they're doing like they they're doing the 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 best thing that they can. Like Eddie's a oh, good the enough damage talker. control, absolutely. Like yes. Eddie's a good enough talker, and they were lucky that it happened to a guy like Eddie and Moxley, where they could at least sort of talk their way out of it. But then, I, so. That's one another thing that bothered me And we're jumping all over But we're kind of combining what happened in the pay-per-view and Revolution And what's, what's going on on Wednesday Night Dynamite Because, you know, we can we can take some more now From having a follow-up show after sure. the pay-per-view sure. So, the thing that bothers me, though So, I, I'm I'm okay even with the, them doing their little buddy cop thing And their, them drinking and, and trying to, to, to talk it through And, and make us understand what happened uh, That, I... I to me, I said, okay, it was bad. It's always going to be bad. We're always going to think it was bad. But if they would have ended it there, and maybe all you get later is something small from Kenny and Callis and not and barely referencing it. But what I don't like, Chad, is they come out and then they sort of act like they did it. And, yeah. and, they, and they were playing like they kind of made light of it again after after Kingston sort of made it seem like I had his PS. PTSD thing, right? Like, right, I, right. I, he, and and so maybe you can say, okay, I'll, I'll I'll believe this, and I'll like I'm a wrestling fan, I'll go along with it. But then they come out later, and they make they make more light of it. There's a 69 joke in the <laughs> ring. He says 69 me, Don, when Kenny's on the on the mat, and they're uh, so I don't um and and then like again, just we're all in in this. Why aren't Omega and Moxley selling more? Didn't yeah, they just Moxley looked like nothing that? happened? I thought this guy, I thought they were bloodied up. I would see bandages. Look, I remember going to watch uh growing up here in Texas, not being far from Houston, going a couple of Fridays out of the month. It was about a two-hour drive, Houston Championship Wrestling. It was Paul Bosch. So they brought in everybody. They had these bunkhouse stampede matches with Dick Slater, Tully Blanchard. Um, a Bruiser Brody, they would have a barbed wire match and all this. I never really got into it. And I know that was Omega. I know that's what he did. I know they had the death matches in New Japan. I was okay with it because it's a gimmick match. But then they no-sell it, the show, after. Um, I-, I get them doing damage control, and you have to do it because if you sweep it under the rug, it looks even worse. Yeah. But, but 
but the way they did it just kind of like what are we what are we doing and and then you come out there for the promo and then here's Kingston they jump him and then here comes Christian Cage who we don't even get a promo from we didn't get a promo anything. from him at the pay-per-view he signs the contract opens his shirt we still haven't heard from him and now he's in the main event with Omega and that's fine if you want to do it but let's it's not consistent to what it's it, it, again. Kind of sloppy. Yeah, that's my issue. I don't. Hey, I I think a Kenny Omega Christian feud or match will be great. It's like, gonna be I, good. It'll be fun. I, I look forward to seeing that. So if that's going to be the case from now on, let's just stop with the hey, we're going to make this like a very sports feel thing. We're we're going to yes. go for the young up and coming talent. I just want to make sure that the philosophy isn't. Being pushed that's a wrong one because like I said I'm entertained by a lot of it still I just don't like the like I'm telling they're telling me I'm getting something that I don't quite feel like I'm getting that's all you know and, and that's where um I I you know like we said um if something like this would have happened again I, I would go back to it in WWE I'm saying New Japan something like Impact even when you promise a match that's this kind of a match this isn't even like a no DQ match or a hell in a cell match or something like that. This is like what WWE does when they promise some stupid crap like the greatest wrestling match ever. Yes. This this yes. reminded me what when WWE did that earlier this year because it, and, and to be honest, that match was still good. So you come out out of the match after and you're like, oh, okay, I mean like it's not the greatest match ever, but it was still a damn good match. That's not the case when you promise this. Exploding barbed wire death match where everybody is looking back at these old, you know, death matches and expecting to see this in like insane thing. They're joking all like how they're building it. They're going to put Moxley in an extermination chamber, all this stuff. And people, it, and it's again, it's different if this is on Wednesday Night Dynamite. But when you're building this for a long time, there are, I'm sure, a lot of people who went, Oh, you know what? I'm definitely going to buy that pay-per-view for 50 bucks because that match right there alone is going to be worth it. And it and the work leading up to the finish was fine, but those matches we talked about last week, they're very hard to do, Chad. You don't get a great great deal of like ring work in them. There's not a lot of things that make sense and it's really all about the explosions. And if you don't have the explosions, that's just something that's really hard when you're promising on a pay-per-view. And you cannot tell me, you know, I, I've I've got sources here and there, right? You can't tell me that they didn't have a walkthrough at least once with Pyro. I've been at a WWE production. I've been fortunate enough to get to work with them here and there and do some promotion stuff and do a little photography this and do a little PR work. So a I've lot of independent life. promotions. You've done a lot of that stuff. Right. Yeah. I, I've I've been to promotions the day of, regardless of TV, a house show, everything is ran through at least once. And everything has a uh, an approval at least once. Talent does not get into a ring, a barbed wire, uh, whether it be Kane in the four corners, they all know what's going to happen. The official, the ringside, because they don't want something bad to happen. So things were signed off on. It just was cheap. It came off bad. Um, the whole pay-per-view, I thought it was long. I thought it was really, really long. I looked up and it, I'm, it's 10 o'clock central time and we're kind of still going. It just felt really new Japanish to me. And I just, I've never been a fan of that. And if that's the way they want to do, that's fine. I just think this was a 
big, big step back for them. And they moved the pay-per-view on a Sunday night. You have the NBA uh, All-Star game. That felt weird too, right? Like TNT is your big partner. You're on TNT. I thought that was instant. And you're, yeah, going, it, it I just, thought that felt so weird to me. It just, I don't know. I, I have a whole bunch of opinions. Like you got I, there, Tony there Khan things, yeah. taking shots at TNT about, you know, this week, you know, on Wednesday night when poor Ethan Page comes out and oh. there's just terrible audio. There, yeah, there's there's, a, it was basketball. I heard the, the sneakers squeaking on the basketball court. There were songs. They were fed, playing Marvin Gaye. And, and it was, I don't know. It was bizarre. It was like an extension from the pay-per-view. And that was the thing. Okay, bad taste in the mouth. Even the AWE fanboys know. There was a bad, that, that was not the best thing that happened on Sunday night. So no. what do you do on Wednesday night? You knock it out of the park. They didn't. They didn't knock it out of the park. They there were didn't. too many things that were downers. There were we'll, uh, we'll hit there, we'll hit some positives because there were sure. some positives. Sure, but absolutely. I, but the, but I feel so bad. Like so, you know, Ethan Page he debuts in this ladder match, and again, so like we see they're gonna have Scorpio Sky turn, and and that's fine. I'm I'm fine with him getting some love. I think he's a talented guy. But why? Why put Ethan Page in that ladder match if he's not going to win? Yes. You know, uh, I, yes. I I don't like that. And no. then the, I'll even give AEW the benefit of the doubt for the sound issues because let's say they had zero to do with it and it's literally a TNT thing because it sounded like it's being pumped in from a basketball game. Like yes. AEW's not, yeah, you know, noise. I think oh, yeah. has anything to do with that. But it's just like you said, it couldn't have been a worse follow up to a bad moment already. Um, there were a couple good moments though, and I and I guess like in in the opposite of the pay per view, um, at least the way they went off this show was pretty good. The way they ended the show, oh, with, the, the with, end was with great. M- I had no MJF turning, and sure. um, you have MJF, you know, leading the inner circle out there. It looks like they're all going to turn on Jericho, but of course Jericho knows what's going on, so they <laughs> end up. You know, uh, getting ready to turn Sammy Guevara comes out He lets everybody know uh, what's been happening He's been filming the whole thing um, We end up getting MJF Who's about to get beaten down by the entire inner circle He's about, he's crying in the corner You know, <laughs> and, he, and then he says I was, you know, I was putting my own wolf pack together And out comes the group of Tully, FTR Wardlow is there Sean Spears is there so we, we have in months, yeah. You know, but that's okay. I, he, look, I liked it. I, I I like you know. I'm not a big fan of ending um, a television show. Uh, we don't really see it on pay per views with a a promo. Uh, an so we, right, yeah. But we knew something good was going to happen. It was really good. Mm-hmm. We you know Jericho's still over. We know that. The thing that bothered me is. Are we going to keep MJ, MJF? Is he better with faction? That's um, what I, I liked him I, better alone. Yeah, I did. I'm like, okay, I don't. Or you him, know, because, him with Wardlow is fine. Yeah, because it's obvious they're bringing back the Four Horsemen. I mean, it's just obvious. There's been rumors it's going to be Nick Aldis. He's going to be the fourth guy. We know it's not going to be MJF. We just know it's not. That that would there's just no way because it wouldn't last long enough. But I'm you know if he uses them for one or two weeks to turn on the inner circle, I'm okay with that. But I don't want this to kind of go along because we just saw him with the inner circle. We got a lot of faction and, stuff going on yeah, now. Yeah, that's kind it's of like, like eh. 
everybody's got a like a, a big group now. You know, now we've got the inner circle who are baby faces, and this will be fun. And and you know, imagine now Sammy it will, will be, be sure be, be back with them, and they'll have a good time there. Um, I just um, yeah, I agree. I, 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 I like it. I think it was a good ending, and it was it was a surprise, which is good. I didn't see it coming. You know, we we expected you know the inner circle to blow up, but I didn't know I didn't see MJF tied with another group with this group. Um, so I'm I'm this was good to get some of the attention off of uh, 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 some of the bad that happened uh, throughout the show. Um, we got another fun like if we get some some uh, Adam Page with the Dark Order for a few weeks, I'm cool with that. And they'll and they'll kind of finish up this Matt Hardy stuff as Hardy tries to go uh, um, after them. Hardy has Butcher and the Blade and the Bunny now that that are his. So he um he, like as long as this is something that is for a little while and like we've both been banging this drum for a while. This could be this is fine, but then. Elevate Paige from this Maybe one more feud somewhere To get him a win And then I would love to see him on to Omega Yeah, that's probably And who knows, it may be next month But that's probably The end of the year feud, right? right? That, that yeah. As we go into the fall, could be Labor Day um, It could be one You know, Labor September is always a big pay-per-view I, I don't know what AEW has scheduled Um I, that has to be kind of a end of the year type deal because I think so. that's 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 going to be your big feud because this guy is uh, he's the one that, that carries the title into that's for sure and I, I hope I think that's what we're getting at. Okay, so hopefully now like a lot of negative stuff that we've seen with uh, the women's division, but uh, but but I will say the one thing that I'm I'm left positive about is we're going to get Britt and Thunder Rosa main eventing next week, which. Is great for them So hopefully that will be the moment Where they finally put Britt over And then let her go after the title Because everything they did this weekend And this week I, I know if you like um, Some of the women from Japan that they brought in that Some of them are good workers Some have really fun characters and stuff That's fine It just it didn't mesh they no. didn't build. They didn't no. have enough time to build these women up. Um, they, this is a problem that that WCW even had when they were doing stuff with New Japan in, in the early '90s. Even with some of the best, well-known uh, Japanese wrestlers, they still weren't really over here all that much. And so, I, I there there was some like the stuff with Sheeta in the, the title match at Revolution was just eh. And then we talked about a, a little bit before the show the tag match. The, the with uh she was singing in the uh, entrance way throughout the match, <laughs> which I thought was sort of funny. She was just like, "I'm getting my stuff over here. Like I'm just gonna keep singing all the way through." But the the work was just sort of off, oh. and and then she the uh, 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 some of these girls didn't seem like they had very much chemistry. They didn't no. really know what they were in the fun. ring and stuff. And so I, I'm I would I will happily be beyond this, and and if we can. If we can like maybe just put out of our head that Britt lost in that tournament, if she beats Thunder Rosa in the main event this weekend, you have to feel like she would be the one to go after and and finally get that title. Yeah, you know, and it's kind of the same with with NXT. Not to jump there, you know, no, no, disapp- go ahead. D- disappointing that Tony Storm did not win. You you kind of felt that that was that title was not going to change hands on NXT. With of course coming up, we have a big two night takeover. Uh, that they announced uh, on on NXT, you kind of like okay, um, but with Brit, at least that six person tag match 
at least it kind of ended properly yes. with Britt going over on, on 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 Thunder Rosa. Now, usually, what happened WWE, the person who the previous week gets the one up, usually is the one who who loses. But loses. it's the main event. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be some kind of lights out gimmick match. There's going to be a lot involved, but at least it's something new to look forward to. And they're going to give these two ladies their due. Yeah, it's got to be Brit. They cannot have her lose this match again. They cannot. She has to be the one to go after Sheeta there. And um, so uh, Sting stuff. I think we got through a lot of uh, a lot of the the stuff. I think Sting stuff's probably one of the the few things left we have to talk about. The sure. cinematic match. The these I'm okay with when they're in. Um, they're done sparingly. I thought they did a, a a pretty. This actually was probably one of my favorite things on the show because I thought they did. You could tell they they put a lot into this and and they they worked hard on it. I thought it looked pretty good and gritty. And um, I don't mind this. For Sting uh, getting a win over Team Taz, who isn't necessarily like a main event act. I, what happens on Wednesday now and going forward when when Archer came out and it looks like we're gonna have maybe something with Sting and Archer. This is started. That's starting to get to the level where I don't know if I want to see Sting going clean over Archer. No. And number two. Didn't Archer just sort of turn babyface, and is he now turned back heel just like quickly? Who is he? The Big Show? Yeah, you know that it just look. I don't think Sting was brought over to put people over. Okay, no, that guy no. is getting a lot of money per appearance. I don't think I, I'm not saying he's not going to lose a match or two. If he loses to Archer, they're gonna they're 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 going to square up again. They're, they're going to have another match. I did not like. You know, here he comes out with Tony Schiavone, who's dressed for TV, looks like he's got blue jeans on. That bothers me a little bit. Um, that's something for a, another rant. I did not like Ar- – I, I, look, I have no problems with Archer. I, I like Jake the Snake Roberts. I grew up watching Jake here in the Indies and, and the WWE. Love the character. Um, he was taking bumps in the pay-per-view, which I thought, oh, Jesus, you know, what are we doing here? But I do not like Sting and Archer. I do not. I, you know, Archer is Weird. a physical guy. He's much bigger. He should not be He should not be power-bombing Sting, and he shouldn't be losing to Sting either. It, it's this, this was sort of one of my things in the last week because I felt like, okay, this stuff with Phoenix – Seemed a little bit weird like why was he losing there And then with Archer like and then Here with Archer right a few Weeks ago he he's being built Up like he might be the next guy to go after Omega I thought he was We we talked about it here it looked like He was like they were shoehorning him Into to that spot um, To like be alongside Moxley To kind of help and then now He's going after Sting because he's not Getting enough TV time it's like who is this guy? And then this is the same guy that a few months ago was doing those backwoods, you know, sketches with Jake where he's like beating people up in the back, which I thought were really cool. So yep. it's just, I don't know who he is. Um, Phoenix, great, incredible match at the beginning of, of Dynamite with, uh, with Matt Jackson. I mean, just really, was it Matt or Nick? Matt, Matt, right? Yeah, I think, I think. Uh, just yeah, great yeah. stuff. Great yeah, stuff. Yeah. But, but I don't, I don't have, pro- I don't have a problem with, at the end of the day, maybe they're, I don't know, maybe they're trying to protect some of this young talent and not have Steen go over young talent, but it really doesn't make sense but sense to put Steen and Archer together. I, I had no problem with, with the opening match with Matt Jackson. I felt like we've seen it multiple times before. Then we have Cody with a jobber, basically. 
you know, and it's him and, and El Penta now are gonna, uh, you know, uh, wrestle next week on the St. Patty's Day edition. See, but, of, but why so quick? Like, I like. I, I don't know. That feels like, like a, a like you're, we're pushing a pay per view every Wednesday night, and we don't have to. I th- and I think I what what I'm I hope doesn't happen is um you know I, I want to see really good stuff every week on my TV. But memorable I, though, do you know? You but, know what I'm saying? They're not yeah. memorable. No, because they they have to be built up with a good storyline to a nice culmination, right? Like that's how we want a lot of our feuds. And and this is a gripe that we have. This isn't an AEW gripe only. We have this gripe with WWE and with Absolutely. the next with with everybody because we want the matches to mean a little bit more. And um, I I love like Penta. I'm, I'm I really am happy that they are doing more with Phoenix and Penta because they are two yeah, really talented guys. Yes, and yes. Penta is a badass heel, and he he's great when he comes on the mic and does a little Absolutely. bit of uh, a little bit of English, but just kind of like talks talks shit to you, you know, you know, and that's basically it. So I I like this with Cody even, but why immediately? Why not build it up a little bit? Even if it's just a couple interactions over the next few weeks where Penta's, you know, trying to break Cody's arm and he can't, and Cody sneaks out, and then Cody gets the one, you know, just just give us a normal build for a few weeks. I, I don't. One of my gripes about WWE is, and I think AEW's sort of starting to do it because it looked like they did it with Darby Allen and Scorpio. Is I don't love when you start a feud with a match, right? Uh, and and the match and the match ends clean. And that's like the start of a feud. Because if I just saw a match and and there was a clean result, why am I that interested in seeing this over and over and over? If if there's a good match that gets interrupted, somebody cheats, somebody's weasel, somebody inter- like uh, a, a run in, and something like that that makes me want to see it more leading forward. That's fine, but I don't need a clean result to start a feud. Because now you know. Darby Scorpio is great. We'll see a, a, a more of a heel version of Scorpio, but he just lost clean. Right. And, and they're really trying to break his arm and really doesn't do a whole lot for me. Here's my biggest concern with AEW going forward, right? Competition is great. We've seen it with WWE and WCW, the Monday Night Wars. It just is. It makes for a better product. When you have one solo, things get stale. Here's very soon. NXT is leaving Wednesday nights, right? They're going to Tuesday nights, and it's probably going to happen sometime around WrestleMania or after WrestleMania. We, we, you know, we're hearing sometimes before May. AEW is going to be solo by themselves on Wednesday night. Yeah, we're hearing about a third hour. Who knows when that's going to be added on? Don't start getting complacent now that you're solo by yourself, and we're not seeing the best of because when you don't have good competition, it seems like things start getting real complacent. And that's one thing EW cannot afford, afford because I'm not sold these guys are going to go over a million every week without NXT on. They may no. for a week or two. I just that's that's not how this how television works. You know? No, that. I don't think so either. I think I think NXT will do probably similar numbers to maybe a little bit better than they've been doing on Tuesday night, yeah. and yeah. I think AEW will probably get a little bit of a bump. But they they didn't go over a million with Shaq and everything that they they threw at the wall last week. You know they were in the nine, still like nine twenty range. Right. So like they're probably going to be in that where they've been that that eight range. And and then let's be honest, if they have another show and there is one that's beginning next week on Monday night on YouTube with the big show and Tony Schiavone on, on commentary, and then there's rumors of even another hour coming. At some point down the line That doesn't, we've seen with WWE 
that dilutes your your numbers even more because people won't don't watch everything all the it's time. Special, right? It's not a special. Mm-hmm. And you know, my 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 last thing. You brought up Shaq. I just after I kind of digested this whole thing and then watched the pay per view and then watched. He didn't uh, show up again at all after the ambulance. No. Thing. It, it, it didn't make sense. And then after just kind of looking at some kind of fan interactions, which I love to read and I love to see reactions. Was Cody the right person for Shaq? You know, there was a lot of MJF would have been great there. I know it's after the fact, but it, it's, I, I thought at least maybe Shaq was going to show up, but we, we weren't on Sunday night because of course the NBA all-star game, but we're opening that door, and then we've seen Mike Tyson last year. He hasn't been back. I just some things they do just irk me, and maybe that's fine and dandy. But me as a wrestling pure fan, I just it, it's some kind. I don't know, man. In the complete vacuum, the match and it was fine, but it didn't really make sense from like we said from the all along. What the build was not good, and then the the post match stuff since with the Shack was not good. So yes, the in-ring work was was better than expected, and I thought they set that up pretty well. But and and that's probably why they had Cody in there, just because they felt maybe comfortable with him, like that's trying true. as, sure. as, the, as the guy. The TV, he's on the TBS show, but you know what? That really kind of didn't last. It did. And it did. It did. A great bump. I didn't really didn't, see didn't it a whole do lot. Anything for Cody? No, it did not. Nothing. It did I not. and. I think it might have done more for MJF or someone like that, like you, sure. like you say. Um, so yeah, I mean, some positives. Like I like where we're going to go with, uh, you know, Penta Cody in yes. as as I like that. But I just wish we would. I I hope we don't get a clean ending next week. I hope it's something like you know uh, DQ, and then we can at least continue that feud moving forward a little bit. Um, I, I'm I'm Sting Archer. I, I don't know about that. Like Christian Kenny, if that's something that happens. That could be cool, but you know, um, I'd love to see Christian at least get a couple wins before that, you know, yes. to, to kind of build yeah. him for the AEW audience. Moxley, Kingston, if they're a tag team, like that could be sort of fun for a little bit. But I, I'm I'm shocked those guys were were not selling anything. No, really. no. I, I no. can't believe no bandages, no nothing. Yeah, I just I don't know. I, I guess maybe they said, okay, we're done. It was it was a bust. Anywhere um, we won't I, even try uh, to. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, just. Great ring workers through their company, right? Like that's what their company is, wanted to be built on, and that's what you look at their company. They got so many good, good guys in the ring and some good gals in the ring. So just, just let the, if like if you want to be different from WWE and, and do that, just do that. Like don't we don't need gimmick matches like that. You know what I mean? Like those guys would have just been so much better off with just like a street fight or a no DQ match. You know, would not have to rely on the barbed wire and the exploding crap and all those. You know that that stuff. Just let's let those two guys do what they do best, and and, and that's like stuff in the ring that's believable. Um, so yeah, we'll see. This is a, a big next couple weeks coming up for AEW because not a great Sunday. Not a lot of great in the middle of the show here on Wednesday, but they ended on a higher note. So let's try to build off of that. Let's try to have a good next week's show, St. Patrick's. And they're going to already be getting some good some good mojo because a lot of people are pumped that they're actually going to be giving the women a main event slot, which they have yes. not done. Yes. At all. Yes. So yes. They, yes. a lot of good people call. will want the show next week to succeed. You know, we're, we're going to be expect like, Hey, we're hoping we're big Brit fans. So we, I want that to be a really great main event spot and them to give Brit a, a big opportunity moving forward. So 
Um, big week for AEW, probably not for all the right reasons, but um, now with even more eyes and ears, kind of, and more pressure on them now, right? Because it's no matter what you do, Chad. If you're a, a sports team, if you're an industry and organization, it's never going to go all positive. And and they're no. they're sort of out of that honeymoon period now with the fans, where there were enough fans on Sunday and and through Wednesday, kind of going okay. This was a bad ending. What's going on with some of this sound stuff? Even if it wasn't their fault, they there's pressure on them now. I think I think they are they will be fine moving forward. But you know, when there's pressure on you and everyone's watching, let's see how what, the kind of moves you make and can you continue to build off of that last segment and maybe not some of the uh, like Sting Archer segments. You know, yeah. Next Wednesday's card looks pretty solid. Um, and with the women main eventing, it, it's uh, there's going to be some wrestling. There's going to be all, all kind of gimmicks going on. You know, maybe this is a you know clean start, fresh start. You know, let's get these last couple of weeks, last you know pay per view out, and uh, you know get back on track. But man, it just kind of feels like they can't get out of their own way a little bit right now to me. Let's head on over to WWE. Let's go back to uh, to SmackDown. Just a few things to note. I mean, I, they're not going to. Um, Insert Daniel Bryan but Man he he does a great job in this Role right like even though we Know he's not he just making You sort of believe that he's got a Small chance to get himself shoehorned In there and you know and he's I don't think he's going heel but he was Being very like emotionally honest Just thinking I'm better than Edge I'm better than Roman I can beat them I've been putting myself on the back Burner for too long and you know what I want to be in the main event of Wrestlemania Like screw this And um, the show I, I Like Smackdown episodes At two hours um, They're so good now yes, uh, With Roman on there With the with inserting Edge With Daniel Bryan stuff With like Apollo now adding a little bit to the The uh, the show They're just uh, I, I like the Seth Cesaro stuff they're doing This Daniel Bryan is Like just from a I don't know what's going to happen For him at Wrestlemania I would love to see him in something with like Big E, but that I think they're probably going to go now with Apollo and Big E. Maybe uh, we'll see. But if we could get him in like Big E in just like a really good Mania match, um, and that would either put Big E over, and I, I don't think he would beat Big E, but that would just do work for Big E because I like where Daniel Bryan is right now, but he's just not going to be in that main event match. No, and for everyone that calls me a WWE homer, I'm not the biggest. I've never been the biggest Daniel Bryan fan. I just really haven't. But um, I've always respected his work. Uh, just wasn't a big fan of the Yes movement. Uh, I thought it was great. I just wasn't a fan of him. But over the last, I don't know, several months since him coming back and being on television every week, man, I've really jumped on his bandwagon. I just it's have. hard to hate because he's been really just putting guys over too, yeah. you know? And he's like, a great he's- worker. I mean, he's yeah, helping Nakamura, Cesaro, yeah, like all, all the Gable and Otis just kind of want he wants what's best for all of these yeah. guys, you can yeah. tell. And he's one of these guys that when he talks, he he does like come come off very genuine in a, in a very scripted world, you know? Like he's one of a few guys who either does a great job with the words that they give him or they may not give him the the words as much as they do others cuz he he feels super genuine when he speaks and um the, the shows whenever he's on my TV um I'm I'm entertained I know he's going to do a great job in the ring and um cool for D Bry to get a little bit of a, a a little bit of a push here like leading into mania they always need kind of someone to tease as a uh, as someone you know maybe stealing uh, the main event away so um D Bry 
it, and it never hurts to be uh, married to a Bella, you know, you oh, know, no. you know at the end of the day. You know? Not not at all. Not at all. And <laughs> um, on SmackDown, uh, uh, there's I mean, it's been it's been really solid. There wasn't a whole lot else like too too meaningful except for the uh, I mean, the Apollo stuff. He's continuing uh, on with the Fantastic. new look. He's got the soldiers with him. Um, and he's speaking in the accent now, talking about how he is African royalty, and he's not going to sit around and, he, and play Mister Nice Guy anymore. And he's going to go and like take things. And I, I really, really like w- great what they're moves. doing. Yes, great move. Because look, at, at the end of the day, Apollo is a great worker. He wasn't NXT. He was coming up. Everyone liked him. He kind of got some mid card title pushes, and we talked about it last week. This separates Apollo from mid card status. Here, he makes that title seem more important now that he's. And I, I just it, it was like you wait, you wait And sometimes it, you feel you see something like this And it's like oh I don't want to say it was like As big as like the rock or Roman when they Turned but I think for Apollo It was because this actually makes him Feel like so much more than just like Oh Man, it like, brings me back to the nation Of domination days a it, little does. Bit. I like it does that. This is really good stuff For Apollo and I'm, uh, I'm pumped for him Moving forward and they just continue to build up Bianca doing a good job with that And you know you know, you and I are excited because I, lo- I really do Like what they did with Reginald yes. Because I, I, think, yes. I, think, I think What they did was they said hey We could actually have a, a really good Sasha, Bianca Without any other bells and whistles On the outside but We love this guy Reginald So let's find a spot for him that that maybe fits a little bit more where we could use his comedy and and we don't have to and like that doesn't have to take away from like the main event title him with Nia which we saw <laughs> on Monday night as we transition this is great and i think WWE obviously likes this guy and they are just trying to find a way to use him somewhere genius move uh, for as much as the hell that we give these bookers right and these workers you know usually what happens is we'll we'll see we'll see we liked him carmella fires him then he goes away you know and we don't see these these valets uh you know we just don't see them but the way they've transitioned this and to get you nailed it perfect the way to get him out of that match because bianca and, and sasha is going to be one hell of a wrestling match that, right? that could be a main event so we don't be. need we don't need to see the camera and we don't need to see Reg you know pointing to Reginald we, we don't and then Carmella fires him that's fine but the way he's he's able to transition and, and Nia carried him out that that was just that I, I'm awesome. not a Nia fan but I loved it I love that really and she's did. got a crush on him and this is great and so <laughs> you know they they can go a lot of different ways with this um he he he's obviously he's he's good in the ring. And I think it's eventually he'll, they'll they'll find a spot for him in the ring. But this is yeah. just a way to like think about this. If you're if you're a guy like him or if you're someone like that, it's like, do you want to be introduced and be on TV, or do you just want to not? There's a lot of people sitting at the performance center that are doing nothing uh, that would love to be a Reginald. He gets all to be day. There. He gets to be on on like national TV in big big segments quite often. And now you can he, he he's got. Even more of like a storyline Actually moving forward for him So this is going to be a lot of fun I think and um, I, I don't Mind this at all and uh, Over on Raw they uh, They just wanted to give Miz a few minutes To make him look a little bit better than he did last Week against Lashley but uh, Lashley looks great and He does for all the For all the crap uh, that people gave You know Miz being champ and I, I'll I will agree because 
they weren't building Miz even at all before that. Like he wasn't getting any wins or making felt at all, even like someone that should have been sort of towards the top. But they gave him the belt just to the transition. He was the iron sheik here to uh, take it from Bob Backlund and give it to Hulk Hogan. You know, that's basically what his his <laughs> yes. role was, sheiky baby. And uh, um, and and now in, in just a little bit, Bobby Lashley looks great. And this is something we talked about last week again. Um, I mean, you you wonder in the next month what happens if this is a guy that they that continues to to be hot, and if they maybe say maybe we change the plans and keep the belt on this guy for a while longer. I feel that way. I, you, look, I really thought Drew and Sheamus was one hell of a oh you know, man a feud. The yeah, match right. was yeah. man, it was just really really good. That spot with the look, stairs, they knock each other both out yeah, and. I, I know everyone talks about to give Drew his due winning the title in front of some fans at WrestleMania. I just think it would be an injustice of what the career that Lashley has been through, the stupid storylines, the wedding uh, with Lana, all this nonsense for him to lose this title this quick. Now, will it happen? Uh, there's a very good chance it could happen. I just think what he's doing now, hell, to me, I think he's he's oh, I think he's a baby face. The work, the, the work that he's done with the Miz that shows you how good the Miz is. But is. I, I don't take it from Lashley. Just don't. What's what's gonna happen? I'm so curious because we got to remember there have not been fans at events for now. Today, you and I are talking on March the 11th. It's one year. Today is the day. The That's day, the, the Rudy Gobert day, when, like, the world stopped. It's been an a- an actual year, and we don't know. I mean, we think we know. We watch these shows. We talk about it. We're online and Twitter and, um, you know, reading a lot of the, the news and stuff and listening to shows. And we don't know how the fans are going to react to some of these guys and gals at WrestleMania. Like, is Lashley going to be a babyface? That's true. Is the crowd going to be like... You know what? It's not that we don't like Drew, but we can kind of it's it's what the crowd does sometimes when you can tell or you you can sense something's predictable. Oh no, Drew's going to win. Okay, well like we don't want that, so we're going to cheer for Lashley. What about Roman? Like is Roman going to get cheered? Because this is, is like Ed's the version of Roman. Yeah, yeah, I mean his best buddy now is on AEW. Um uh, does Edge win the title? Will he get booed? I think uh, Roman is going to get cheered. I think too. Roman's character now is the most popular it's been since the early days of the Shield. Even, you know, even, and even Apollo. Like yes. right now, when he comes out and everybody sees this like new version of Apollo that we all seem to like, is it going to be that like oh like you know? And that this happens at WrestleMania plenty of times when when you get those you know those like different crowds in that are oh, very yes. sort of they'll you take know, over. They'll take uh, over. So I'm I'm just really interested to see who the, the the people flock to when when the people are back come WrestleMania time. So we are going to get I'm assuming at Fastlane the uh, Sheamus Drew McIntyre looks like we'll get like a, a Last yeah. Man Standing yeah, something like sure. that. Um, and and that's good, you know. Uh, Drew will win, but these guys have a lot of chemistry, and yeah, you know what. They've given us uh, over the last couple of weeks. They've sort of been one of the highlights of WWE TV with the with their matches for sure. One of the lowlights of WWE oh, boy. TV. I know where we're going. <laughs> what the hell is Shane McMahon right now and Braun Strowman? Like, what is this? 
You know, they deserve to be pounded. I, I know it's Shane McMahon, Vince McMahon's son, and I know there has been a lot of great work that Shane McMahon has done for not being a full-time wrestler. Uh, the way he, you know, went the feud with his sister against Triple H. Um, just think back, uh, you know, the Undertaker, the the jumping off cages. Through the years. I mean, Steve it's Blackman, Kurt Angle, you know, Dude. like. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I forgot about the Steve Blackman stuff. That was yeah. great. Um, yeah. This was a train wreck. Um, I, I, forgetting his lines. He did. I don't Botch, know he didn't even know where he was going. He no. didn't. He had no clue where he was going. And, and you could tell. Braun, Imagine being Braun Strowman just during all there. of this, and thank God there were no fans in the Thunderdome this week because that would have had to been pulled immediately. Shane would have been like in some trouble there. What, where they, do you think? We know where we're going. What type of match are these two going to be in? It can't be a wrestling match. Oh, and WrestleMania. What are we doing? And that's like we'll get. We always get. I'm sure with Shane, but the the problem with Shane is that like at this point now. I I'm I start to get a little bit nervous in his matches when I watch them. He's um, older. He's older, and he's always doing these jump spots from so far, the coast to coast, the through yeah, the, the table, the, the off yeah. of the the you know the cell, whatever he's gonna do. I mean, the one with Roman at Survivor Series uh, a few years ago, where like Roman speared him in the air and he like knocked the wind out of him, and he was like, I mean. I get nervous for Shane because I know what's going to happen to him doing these spots. I think he still adds a ton of intrigue being being around, but this was awful. He he literally looked like a guy who went out there, he forgot his lines, and, <laughs> and, and now all of a sudden Shane's a heel? Like, yeah. he, he's been such a weird character for a while because he came in, he had like the raw underground for a little bit. He right. was sort of acting like a heel there, and then... We don't see him for months. Then he shows back up. He sort of has that small interaction with Drew where we almost thought something was going to go on with him and Drew because Drew was like, oh, you're making me defend this in the elimination chamber. And then now they're now they're obviously going to go with him and Braun. But what is the reasoning? Like, why is Shane picking on Braun? Like, why? Hopefully we're hopefully we're gonna find out. You you talked about Shane. We thought he was the face, the hill. I thought Braun was a hill. Me too. Up. And now we Braun really, seems like the face. He's just calling this guy stupid. Yeah, and it's like by the time we get to WrestleMania, which is not too far down the road, I think we're gonna be so tired of this. They better come up with something good, whether it's a loser leaves forever or it better be something good because if not, this is gonna be a bathroom break match. This is I mean, bad. I, I just I, I don't want to. I, I just don't. I, there's, I, I, this is that was horrible, horrible. What happened on Monday night? Really bad. Just some other like stuff. We'll see what they end up doing with Riddle. He's kind of in the middle of a like a non-existent feud with uh, with the Retribution. Um, we'll see what's going on with Hurt Business. I'm not quite sure what they, what their um, like stick uh, angles will be quite yet for Mania or AJ. Uh, what are we doing with AJ? Yeah, what are we doing with AJ? Like you know, um, AJ. Again, you know, but we're we're where's AJ going to be at WrestleMania? Because you know Orton will end up going with the yeah, Fiend. We know what's happening Alexa. there. Sure, That's going to be their sure. Firefly Funhouse. But I feel bad AJ. for AJ right now. So is, is AJ maybe end up with? Does AJ maybe end up with Riddle in a I, U.S. title match? You know what? That's a I hate it because it, it puts AJ back in a a, a match because AJ does. The U.S. title, he's already had it. He's already actually he's had all the titles. Yeah, but we need to see 
we haven't seen that, so it I'm sort okay of feels with like, it. Like Riddle, I, I don't mean, we're think... getting Riddle and Ali right next week. Yeah. Is that and the then, big thing? And then, I, and and then that won't be continued to, to Mania. So no, you know, we I look at guys like AJ and Daniel Bryan, and I think if they don't have anything, maybe you put them with the mid card champ to try to elevate that. That's a good. Um, that, that, that's that's yeah. That could be a good use good. of them at least. Um, yeah. if they don't go like Biggie and Apollo, which may you know maybe they do go, and and, and who knows sure. that 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 could be so. Um, yeah, nothing. I mean, we'll still see what they're doing with the women. I think Oscar's uh, uh, been hurt for a little bit, so they're doing. I think they're just trying to buy some time. They they've got Nia, Charlotte, yeah, saying you know see what you're gonna do here in the next couple of weeks to you know impress me. I don't know what and, I, and Dina, I, yeah. It's we got to see Rhea Ripley here pretty soon, I right? We got we got another vignette of her. It's like that that they look around and that Charlotte can't find anyone, and then all of a sudden it's Rhea, right? Right. It's yeah, that feels sense. that feels like it. Um, and then you know Randy Orton spitting up more black goo. So uh, <laughs> yeah, there, there, there's that for from Orton. Um, uh, not not a a major like eventful week all, all that, that much okay. for WWE, but it wasn't. I think they were. This is probably a week that Vince and them were probably uh, happy to sort of fly a little yeah, under the radar. Someone, and, o- someone other than us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Someone other than us is getting ripped, so they're not they're not upset with that. And then uh, on NXT, they they did make a couple announcements that we saw. So. Uh, NXT will have two nights of WrestleMania. So right. check this out, Chad. Um, we are going to have a setup now starting on uh, in April, the week of WrestleMania. There will be Monday Night Raw, Tuesday Night uh, Hall of Fame ceremony. Right. They're going to be doing the Hall of Fame ceremony. I don't know if it's going to be like Zoom or an actual, who knows, you know, but they're going to be doing some sort of a ceremony on Tuesday night. And remember, that thing could be very long because they they didn't have anybody from last year do their right. inductions. Right. So they may have all of 2020 and then all of 2021 Hall yeah, of Fame. Yeah, we got Bobby Holly. You know, yeah, we, Molly Holly's the first one that's announced, and then all of the last year, which was like the NWO, I think was one of the the headliners. So that's going to be Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday will be the two nights of NXT Takeover. This They're going to be Wednesday night and Thursday night, two nights of NXT. Their WrestleMania Takeover are going to be Wednesday, Thursday night. Then we get Friday night SmackDown, <laughs> Saturday night night one of WrestleMania. Sunday night, night two of WrestleMania, and then Monday night Raw. <laughs> yeah, and, and look, it, if, it if, might if even he, be the next the Tuesday might be the day that they change NXT, and and, that, it, and it very well could be, you know. Could, and if you live down there in Florida, or if you're going down there, there's like there's probably indies. not as many. But man, I tell you what, I know three or four indie shows that are, one of them, Title Match Networks, doing one at midnight on Friday night with yeah. You know, with but look, this NXT we we rave about these takeovers. They're just they're just really really good. Wednesday night you're gonna see one on the USA Network, and then the following night I thought this was interesting. You're gonna have to go over to the Peacock Network, the Peacock yeah. app. So that's another. So I think I guarantee that's something that they decided because of Peacock. Because Absolutely. that gives them another exclusive thing for people to tune into to go to Peacock a few nights. And, and what's great, it's almost like a test drive for them, too. Yes. Like, as far as, like, traffic and making sure that, okay, hey, we're going to have this live event now on our site. That on Peacock hasn't been doing this a whole lot as much. You know, really? they've, they've got some sports, but 
this this is going to be something new for them with a lot of new people. So this is this will be a good way to make sure. Hey, if there's any sort of an issue, maybe at least it happens on Thursday night and gets out of the way before Saturday Sunday. Um, so I think this serves them them twofold. It does, and it, it's a trial run. There's still a lot of unknowns. You know, there are a lot of people saying, "Do I have to unsubscribe to the WWE Network? Does it kind of roll over?" Yeah, this does the- seem sort of like a mess. Yeah, it, it does, and they haven't really been straightforward. I've been I've been sent a couple of emails about what's going to happen. Apparently, there's going to be an email sent out. You know, we, the news is out. Peacock has purchased the WWE app, uh, the WWE Network. So you're going to have to get all of your content here pretty soon by logging into the Peacock app. Do you have? Does your subscription roll over over there? Do you have to reapply to everything? And what I'm hearing is it's a whole new set. Up and you're gonna have to reapply for everything yep. over there. Everything, and there's also gonna be um initially it's only gonna be all of the WrestleManias, and it's gonna take them till SummerSlam to actually get everything migrated over. Like yes. so yep. if you're someone who likes to watch a lot of the old pay-per-views and stuff, they Which may I not it, me oh yeah, love like they may not initially be there for a few months. Um I I I hope and I'm thinking they probably put the pay-per-views and stuff there. Like early, and then maybe they'll do like some of the original content and stuff after. Cause I think they, I think a lot of people do like going back and watching some of those uh, pay per views and like the old Raws and SmackDowns from like a month ago. People, those will probably be up there. But yeah, it could, this is not an easy from like a technical standpoint. This is yeah. not easy when you have the type of library WWE has to try to get all that content over to like a new server. So, um, you know, we'll just knock on wood and keep our fingers crossed that everything technically goes well for them because you know what? The WWE network, I think there were a few things at the very, very beginning here and there, but for the most part, that thing always was pretty smooth. Yeah, at the very beginning, of course, there's all these issues, but knock on wood, man. I, I've been solid with it. I love yeah. all, all my phone, my MacBook, my television. Um, it's easy to access. It's well set up. You're not searching for, you know, this or that, um, that, you know, it kind of has its own channel. It's always, you know, there's a, there's something always streaming. I, I just love the documentaries, the 24s, the day ofs. I just hope we continue to see all that, which I think we are. Um, but it's an interesting time to do it. And, uh, you're forcing people to make the change. And it looks like, uh, we're going to introduce everyone starting with night two of takeover. They also introduced, uh, the women's tag titles. I didn't, I didn't love, I I love that. I don't, I'm not always a fan of bringing more titles in, but if there is any division on any roster that could use another title, it's the women's division on NXT. There are tons of great women that could, could have another title to go after now, which I think is great. I just, I don't, I I wish they wouldn't have even faced Nia and Shayna last week. That and doesn't I wish make sense. They would have just yeah, said, good, "We're going to have the man. Dusty Cup," and then after they won, they would they could have just said, "Oh, hey, Give by the way, the yeah. here are the titles. These we've got these new titles. You just won. You're the new women's champ." And then they could lose them back a week or two later, to, just like they did to totally agree. Shotzi totally and Ember. Agree. But it, that that didn't make sense to me because I don't like them last week losing and then, oh, here, you're the champs. Yeah, and then- and William Regal's reason behind it, oh, we were so impressed, and then you know, uh, y'all got cheated. Uh, we're standing up for NXT, and then of course, when Shotzi and Ember were going to get the the, uh, the 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 first uh, match, you kind of knew what was going to happen there. Especially but- when Raquel and Io had a little like look at each other. And you, you know, know what? 
after Tony Storm, you know, the match with her and EO, um, I think that I think they're 100% behind Raquel. And I, I know too. they're 100% behind Lacey Ryan. Man, we saw another vignette and yep. another push. But and I then think she was Raquel, standing up yes. in front on the stage. You noticed yes, that? You like, noticed that. Yes. Yeah. Good, mm-hmm. good catch. So good it's catch. like, they, so they, we're whenever get they have everybody come out on stage like that, they you notice they put front. the the people up front that are either really hot or the big stars. And <laughs> yeah. they gave her a little time to talk to, you know, and now we find out a little bit more about who she is. They're getting behind her. So it looks like the three right now that I've kind of got circled as like the big feuds for them are going to be, looks like Balor, Cross, uh, oh. Raquel, EO, and Cole O'Reilly. We'll probably see like two of like those I think would be the main events on, on each night. And then, you know, one of the, the that match will be on, on one of the other cards, but those three for a top three are pretty solid. Very solid. The ending of NXT was just really, really hot. I hate that Adam Cole, we kind of knew he wasn't going to win the title. Uh, him and O'Reilly is going to be nuts. Hot. It, it's going like to be wrestling. Oh, those two guys. I hope that's one of the night's main events. I know it's not a title match. I think it I should be 30 minutes, man. I, I could watch those guys go for an hour. I think it should be. I, I really do, and that that's going to be excellent. Cole is great, and uh, and we'll see. Like if he, um, if if he puts over O'Reilly in this, is, is, do we end up seeing Cole? You know, uh, later in the week on on, on Raw or SmackDown? Because I that's do what think we get him right, right? Like the night after WrestleMania, the week or two afterwards, we get some rematches and we get the call ups. I think this would be the time for him. We could use some fresh yes. blood up there. Yeah. He's yeah. he's. Got he's parted from the undisputed era, you know. So he's not. We don't have to worry about the whole bringing all of them up or not. You Good could call. sort of, you could sort of let Kyle be a guy, you know, that's a singles guy a little bit more down there, and um, and he's the size stuff never never bothers me with Cole. Like I don't see it with him. He's very no. CM Punk Daniel Bryan in that sense, right. like. He, he speaks big and he acts big and he wrestles big so he doesn't come off like like a real small guy in the ring i think he'd be okay on the main roster yeah you know fantasy booking you know think of him versus aj styles you know right? think of him versus randy orton wrest- that's something i can get excited about cuz adam Seth. cole is not a new name it's not yeah. he's been around for a while this guy can wear hell adam cole versus ko you know, we're going right. to see KO here pretty soon, right? Oh, so, yeah. uh, man, the fantasy booking that what WWE has coming up, uh, it, it, it may be later than sooner, but there is some excitement, especially how well Triple H has done with NXT. And for them to get two nights and that ending on Wednesday night with Cross Balor, I can get into Cross Balor because this is what we want to see Kerry and Cross do is go after uh, Finn Balor in the NXT championship. Chad? Scoops Coop was getting information <laughs> early on. He knows what's happening. Sending me, he he knew the surprises over the weekend. <laughs> He's just got all the information. He is dialed in. You name it. And you know what? I didn't even ask you, but um, next week, if you want, I I I I am not sure how locked in you are, but if you want to talk early in the week with me and maybe do a little bracket, uh, you know, we can do 15, 20 minutes and uh, do a little March Madness if you're going to be. Putting a bracket together and uh, and uh, we can record and give the folks a couple of your thoughts on some some teams you like. Yeah, because they, let me tell you this: I'm homered. I'm going all in on my University of Houston Cougars. They're awesome. What do you think? So right <laughs> now they're like shots, a two. Baby. Like what? They're probably uh, yeah, like a two probably seed right a, now. Probably yeah. a two. Even, even if they kind of flop a little bit, uh, they're pretty uh, steady in that. Like two, yeah. I don't. Yeah, two to three. I would be shocked even if they dropped below that. But like they seem like a pretty good on the two line. And, and number, I don't. 
number one seeds always scare me if that's my team. I don't know why. It just seems like now chalk never, you know, all the chalk yeah. make it. It's um, a little pressure. Number two, you can man, kind of just like, okay, this we're year, cool here. This year, it's it's going to be insane. And now with Duke, like, you know, busting out because of the COVID problems, you know, they're not even going to the ACC tournament. They're probably out. Yep. Man, you talk about new blood. This is the time to watch March Madness. Yep, and I'm excited. Uh, I, I'm uh, fingers crossed excited. Like my Trojans <laughs> and Mobley is very good. Uh, they, 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 I think they're like on a six line or like some some places have them in a, as a five. Um, they play tonight. If they were to win, they're the two seed in the Pac-12. Sure. If they would win the Pac-12 tournament, they might be able to jump their way up into like a. A four, maybe low three, but actually, I kind of yeah. like the six. When you're a six, I've always liked the six, man. Six, always like sixes the six. and sevens are kind of cool because you stay down there with the twos and the threes. You yes. know, you stay yes. away from the Gonzago or like a Baylor who I don't think USC could beat them, but I think USC could win two games. I, I think USC could be a sweet 16 team this year. And so, just like you said, with it's it's fun to be, it's March Madness is always fun no matter what, but it's even more fun when you can be a little bit of a homer when you got a team that you think can win a game or two. So, uh, let's, yeah, let's, and teams, yeah, and teams like Florida State, you know, different teams that you think of are. This is football. not the normal year. This no, is not, it's not the big, uh, you got Gonzaga. Yeah. And then. I mean, a ton of different teams in the top tier. This is not the same year with the Dukes. The Kentuckys were no. Kentucky was awful. You know, like just a completely different grouping of teams towards the top. And uh, yeah, I look forward to it. Let's talk. Uh, I'll, I'll link up it. over the weekend, and let's uh, let's link up next early next week and, and talk a little bracket, a little March Madness. Sounds Scoops, fun. Coop, Chad, <laughs> Cooper, man, it was always a blast talking with you. Thank you so much for bouncing around from AEW. I mean, look at that. We went from. The AEW pay-per-view, AEW Dynamite, Monday Night Raw, Friday Night SmackDown, and NXT get you all in once. And we even get you a little teaser for some uh, college basketball March Madness. You're not going to get that anywhere else. Thank you so much, buddy. You have a great uh, rest of your week, and uh, we'll talk soon. All right, bud. Chad Cooper, you know where you can follow him on social media. He's at the Chad Cooper on Twitter, and a great follow there for all sorts of different sports wrestling information. Don't go anywhere, folks. We'll be back with plenty more on That's What G Said. Koopa Loop, Scoops, Koopa Loop is the man. Thank you so much to Chad for helping us out. And as we sort of teased, Lots of NCAA tournament stuff next week on That's What G Said. We will continue on. We'll still have plenty of horse racing. We'll still have news from um, all around the the worlds of sports. And I'll see. I think there's a WandaVision, uh, like a special that they have coming out tonight, like a, a, like a kind of a documentary about the making of the the show. Because remember, uh, next week, it's going to be next Friday when the Falcon and the Winter Soldier begin. So we'll start after that with the weekly, uh, weekly recaps with Tim Kelly. Big thanks to Jessica Paquette for joining us. Big thanks to Emily for joining us. Big thanks to Koopa Loop, Chad, for joining us. Hope you all have an awesome weekend. Make a ton of money. And uh, we'll, we'll see, you know, with the March Madness coming up soon. Lots going to be on uh, on the menu on the sports schedule over the next few weeks. Have a great weekend, everyone.